We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Andy Randy. Hey. Having discussion. I be on it all night, man. I be on it all hey, day. Hey. Straight up, pimp. If you want me, you can find me in that. What are you looking at me like that for? What are you talking about? We're supposed to make eye contact. It's the Midday Show with Andy Barker and my son, my baby boy, Randy McMichael. When I crack open this mic. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most media member thing that's ever been yeah. said. Starring Randy Montez McMichael as Randy and my firstborn son, Andrew Stephen Bunker as Andy. You can't say Randy without saying Andy. It's the Andy and Randy Midday Show. Boring answer. Just make sure you don't touch that dial, then we'll be cool. Touch it and use the fool. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Good morning. Welcome in. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Midday Show with Andy and Randy with you here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it as always. Good morning to you, Randy. What's How are you? happening, man? I'm all good over here on this beautiful Tuesday uh, up in up in the A as we are getting ready for the second day of Super Bowl weekend. They had the media thing last night where the questions were being asked and all that other good stuff. Uh, and I didn't see any woman with the uh, with the wedding dress on. No, I think that happens like what uh, Wednesday night. Oh, so they do have another. I one. think so. Okay. I think they do it like three nights now or uh-huh. something like that, and they kind of let the goofballs go okay. one night and okay. ask all the like. Last night was for all the real people that want to ask football questions, right? Uh, for the most part, for I the think. Most part. Um, yeah, I think I think the the circus comes to town later. Okay, in the week. I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm just curious and all that and and like I said, the Hawks great game last night. Well, they played hard. They played hard, <laughs> even though they gave up 150 I points. Know. I, they played hard. I, I hate to talk <laughs> yeah. about them as yeah. if they're like yeah. somebody's like second grade nephew or yeah. something like that. Right. But yeah, man, the Clippers are really good. Yes, they and are. And I, I I do commend the. The, the way that the Hawks played last night, they, they played well. Yeah. Offensively, they played well. They they still don't get stops in crunch time when they need them. Um, I think that every game is a little bit different when you when you talk about that. Like, last night was Hall of Famers making Hall of Fame plays. Yeah, like, Kawhi Leonard is hard to stop. Yep. James Harden's hard to stop. Yep. Paul George is hard to stop. Yep. Russell Westbrook's hard to stop. Yep. And those guys in the half court are nice. They got, like they, they got a they, really they got nice a lot, half court team. A lot team. of flow with it. They it's do. A lot of flow with it. But yeah, they came up a little short and everything. And we are two days away from the uh, trade deadline. So still don't know what that's going to be. Just try to always, well, hell, you can't do that anymore. Look for the blue check mark. Look for the uh, the amount of followers before you say, "Well, whoa, whoa yeah." Click click the Woj yeah. profile. Yeah, click the profile. See how many followers yeah, he's exactly. got, and if Woj Narowski is spelled correctly, yes, then you can go from yeah, there. Because yeah. somebody happens every year. It does happens every yeah, year. Yeah, somebody yeah, gets got. Everybody gets uh, Chris Broussard. Sources <laughs> say sources tell me LeBron James. LeBron James is going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah. just yeah, just, uh, just that's another one too. Yeah. Like maybe think about what yes. the trade that you're getting yes. excited about looks yes. like. Yes. If it's Anthony Edwards to your favorite team for some bum you've never heard of. Yes. Probably not right. Probably not true. Yeah, Probably and, and not And then right. on top of that, the best thing yesterday, uh, Raheem Morris introduced as the uh, – uh, as I was about to say, the, the first non-interim 
because the guy keep putting that on the front of it. Right, because he was the yes, head coach of the Falcons yes. previously non, for first a minute. Non-interim as an interim. black head yes. coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, we're excited about Rod, what he's going to bring uh, to the, um, you know, to this team, to the city, and all those different things. But, I mean, did, did you learn anything different that you, like? I didn't learn anything about Raheem right. that I didn't right. already know. And yeah. I, I don't mean that in a negative yeah. way. Right. I just – He's, he's a solid brother. He's got a, he's got a yeah. lot to say, and yes. he's good at saying it. Yes. Um, all the stuff we talked about yesterday, as far as culture and collaboration mm-hmm. and whatever you want to, I mean, you knew what you know what is going to be said in these things. Right. They didn't tell us any real um, nuts and bolts of what the plan is, obviously, because they probably don't probably, know yet. Yeah. Like as far as the timeline of Raheem Morris getting hired ten days ago, putting his staff together, he hasn't been to Flowery Branch yesterday. I know. Like we heard that in yeah. the press conference, right. he hadn't been there because he was like, "I heard it's under construction." Right. It is. You're gonna be you're gonna be thrilled to see all the new amenities that have been added to Flowery Branch, right. Coach Morris. But yeah, I mean, he's been trying to put that staff together, and now they'll shift into free agency mode, draft mode, all the different things that they need to get accomplished uh, between now and when the season starts. But no, we didn't learn anything there. We learned. If there was any doubt in your mind about what Terry Fontenot's role was in the search, you right. learned that he he led it. Yeah, he yeah. led the search to get Raheem Morris, or right. at least that's that's what they that's said. What he, that's what he says. Yeah. I, I think that my biggest thing, and I, I said this before we went uh, before we did off the cuff, was this, and I, maybe because we're closer to this team because we cover the team, and I don't really cover and listen to press conferences like the one. First of all, I don't ever get tricked by press conferences because they're always. A bunch of baloney, meaning you never know what comes out of that. Just because somebody, somebody could talk well, don't mean it's going to go right. Nope. And just because somebody fumbles and stumbles and everything, don't don't mean it's going to go wrong. Yeah, remember you know? Nick Sirianni's yes, exactly. first press conference? Exactly. He couldn't get a sentence out of yeah. his mouth, and they're in the Super Bowl two years. Later. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this never press conferences do nothing for me. But I think some of the things you take out of the press conference. And my biggest thing was the whole having to make sure, emphatically, that everybody knows that they're collab. They, they're going to collaborate. Like, I don't remember that in press conferences a lot of times. And for some reason, maybe it's the way Mr. Blank runs this, his business profile about the collaboration and all that. Yes. He wants it to everybody to know. But I heard, and we said this yesterday, that was going to be one of the words. We're, how many times was collaborative said? Maybe the most of any word that was said. Okay, we get it. We get it. You and Terry are going to run this team and do all that other stuff, but I just never heard it as much as I hear it here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because, uh, because you, it, to me it just seems like everybody's got to make sure that they know, that let everybody know, like, it's his fault, my fault. It's our fault now. Right. You know, so right. I'm just like, okay, we I, get no, it. I, do, I, I get, get it. Right. I, I get it. I've got some theories as all to right. why that might be because, again, it, it, it's not a lot different than what we heard with Arthur Smith and Terry That's why Fontenot I say, either. Is it more right. Like, or even Dan Quinn uh, and, and Thomas Dimitrov at the end. Oh, real quick. We're, I'm getting you to your point. Or is it more or less because they don't know each other? They, never, like, right, they haven't worked together they haven't worked before. They haven't worked together before. Sure. Anything like that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Now, I do, you know, trying to, trying to like harken back to other press conferences and situations You've like this that I've covered. Like, I, I just don't, you know, I don't remember Pete Carroll and John Schneider bending over backwards to tell everyone exactly. that they're going to collaborate. Exactly. But obviously they did right, collaborate. Right, right. The thing yeah. is, all general managers and head coaches, coaching staffs collaborate yes. to try to get things together. Yes. I, I think the reason why, I got two theories that are kind of related to each other. All right. I think the reason why is because so much focus over the last, I don't know, five years or so about this team and the failures of this team mm-hmm. have been surrounding the power structure. Right. Surrounding who reports to who and what's between Arthur Blank and Rich McKay and all this other stuff. So it's like, okay, let's make it very clear to everyone that we're working together, like there's not a struggle for power or whatever. But then I also think 
it's just because things haven't been good. Like I think I think because things haven't been good, people have run out of criticisms to make. Okay. Like okay, obviously the football's not good. It's got to be worse. Got to be like they they've been not good for long enough to where. And I've said this not a joke. I've heard this from people. Like the criticism has made its way all the way up to. Arthur Blank wasn't actually good at running Home Depot. Like that, that's <laughs> like that's, that. I've heard that from people. Like, right. see, the, it was his partner that should get all the credit anyway. Right, right. It's like, okay, right. I get you're mad at the Falcons, uh-huh. but like you're sounding crazy right now. Yeah. But like people have run out of criticisms for this football team because it's been six years and beyond that, but really six consecutive years where things just haven't been very good. So I don't know. I, I think. They're trying to nip that in the bud. I, like I you don't have so. to worry because, about that. We're working always, together. It's it's this. It's it's just crazy because you can't you kept saying it. And it's like well, and then I heard this one, one for one uh you know one time when uh, when uh, Arthur Smith was on with the boys. I mean he basically said, I have say also. Like I had to make sure that I have to let you know that I'm in this too. That I have say over the roster and all these different things. I was like, so what? You know, why, why is that so important that you have to let everybody know that I have some saying this. It's just not him. You know, it's always – and that's, that's the only thing I do. Like, damn, okay, we understand. Y'all are clever. But that's how front offices run. The general manager's job, his sole job, is to get players so the coach can coach. Maybe it also has something to do with the other big-name candidate that was in yeah. play for the job yeah. and the conversation around what that candidate's – power structure was going to look like. Yeah. There wasn't going to be any collaborating if Bill Belichick was but the But that's head the coach. thing about it. Maybe that's it, why it's so important and, and, to and mention. That's the thing about what, what Bill did, what Bill did for all those years. Bill had people, but he had his own people. You know what I mean? That's the, always, I think that's always the one misperception, one misconception of Bill Belichick, like he did everything. Like he scoured, like he did, like he watched all the tape of all the players. And all. No, he had a staff that he had. Yeah, his golden his retriever. Gold, his that's people, all he had. He had his people that went out. On the ground, these scouts and everything have brought information to him now. What did he do with that information is on him. Right. But he didn't do everything by of course. himself. But that's the reality of it. Yes. And then there's the perception right. of it. And the perception of it was that he was a one-man wrecking crew. Yes. And if he was coming here, he was bringing the Patriot way. And it was going to be Bill and everyone else was going away. And mm-hmm. he was going to stand there on top of the mountain <laughs> and command decrees down to the people. Right. And no one liked that. Right. Like, that was the biggest pushback you heard from Falcons fans was, I'll take the coach. I don't want the other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not getting that. Yeah. You're going to get both. So they're like, hey, with us, you got, you got, it's a, it's a, it's a collaboration. It's a, it's a whole class. It's a group. We're a co-op. Yeah. Yes. We know that now. Socialism. Andy, if, if we don't we're know all anything. Together. If we don't know anything. They're collaborative. Those fellows are going to work together. They're going to work together. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's, it's we, not me. Yep. What is it? Team, me. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. What's another one? I don't know. There was so many there good ones so many yesterday. Of them. Yeah, that's what I'm I like. I was trying to scribble them down. <laughs> I was like, God, this is good stuff. There's so many of them. This is good stuff there right so here, many, man. There were so many of them. Uh, we'll let you hear some of them coming up next. We'll let you hear from Raheem Morris and what's trending. Obviously, get a little bit more into right what the, uh, the Hawks did last night as well. Uh, why not us? What is it? Why not us? Oh, why not us? Yes. Yeah. Control the controllables. We got we got all of them, and I love every single one of them. We'll be right back. Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game. Right? I see him growing. I see him developing. I see him bringing his timing and rhythm and his balance to our offense that we can have and go out here and play. And whatever it looks like, it's going to be fast. It's going to be with those, based on those pillars that we talked about earlier. And those are the things that really just lit me up and made me ecstatic to have an opportunity to bring a guy like Zach Robinson to part of this. 
So that's uh, just one part of the Raheem Morris press conference from yesterday. When he gets excited and talks about like specific football stuff, the New Jersey really comes out. You really hear the Northeasterner when, uh, when he gets fired up and starts talking about that kind of stuff. And that was him talking about the offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, um, who is as important a part yep. of this as, as anyone in the coaching staff as he's going to be charged with calling the plays. Don't know who's going to be under center when he calls those I, plays, I tell, which is I, the most important I, part. I, but did, Zach did, Robinson's big. Did we get any sense that Desmond Ritter was going to be quarterback? No. Okay. I'm just curious if somebody asked me about it. Oh, anybody. you know what? I'll be honest with you. Yep. Someone may have, but I guess I I didn't hear that answer. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was never asked. Okay. Because I know I mean, they were asked about the quarterback. We, we, we'll let you hear what Terry Fontenot yeah. said about and the quarterback and, in just and, a minute. Yeah, but, but I mean, Zach, he he comes from that the tree that everyone loves. But and the thing about it, there has not been any. any Indication that it has not worked everywhere one of them has won. True. You know, it just has. It has. Now, they've also had good quarterbacks everywhere they've been. That's also true. But, um, yeah, I mean, you entrust your coach. I saw that he's going to let uh, – he's not going to call the play. He's going to be the head coach and everything, which is fine, whatever, whatever. But I think that Jim Lake's going to call the defense. But I think that – I most, think that's great. I do too. Yeah. I do too. But, I mean, that's going to be the whole conversation when we talk about this team going forward from, like I said, the senior bowls last week. I think Kamon starts next week. So, they gotta, they're going to be up in Indianapolis. Then you get ready for free agency and all those different things. But the, 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 the whole operation is going to be centered around that guy, whether – whether it's free agent, whether it's drafting, I mean, you were just talking off the air, whether they're just in a tough spot at eight trying to get a quarterback because of the fact it's not necessarily because they're at eight, it's because of the teams that are in front of them and everything like that and that whole situation. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a – I said this back in, in December. I was like, I don't envy them trying to figure out this quarterback position mm-hmm. because it's going to be it's going to be one of those guys possibly that everybody's like, when you see him, like, Ugh. but you just don't have a lot of options, you know, that are – that you can that you can get without getting fleeced. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, okay, you want Justin Fields? Well, okay, we'll, start, we'll trade Justin Fields for the number eight pick overall. No, you know it's it's, it's something like that. But I do think this is about Chicago. If Chicago is going to move on from Justin, I think it's going to be early. I think it's going to be pretty damn soon. I don't think they're going to wait to draft day and all those different things. I think they're going to wait. I think they're going to try and make that move pretty early. Good. Yeah, that's, I, that's, that's I hope what they I do. That's what I think. I hope they do. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, that's why we've talked about it so much. That's why we'll continue to talk about it. Everything that happened yesterday and will continue to happen from now until the, the season starts, it's all important. Like Raheem Morris's philosophy and everything he says and the coaching stuff, it's all important, but they could all do a great job. They get the wrong quarterback. Yeah, then matter. they'll all be they'll all be fired. They're all, like, all going to be fired. Yep. So that, that's the thing that, you know, I mean, I think the last group, the last group is still part of this group, Fontenot and all that, but Arthur Smith and the coaching staff did a lot of good stuff. I mean, Terry Fontenot's still here because he did a lot of good stuff yes. during those three years. Yes. But the one thing they needed to get right most, they, did. they didn't get they it right, did and there's a lot of people unemployed currently because of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because the thing about it is is if you base everything off that position and you put all of your trust in a guy and he doesn't come through, he gets fired. Exactly. Like, if they got a quarterback position right – then uh, Arthur Smith will still be the head coach here. It's true. We know. I mean, we do know that. It's true. It's we true. Do know that. Uh, here's Terry Fontenot talking about just that yesterday, the quarterback search. Wide open, wide open. And, and you look at whether it's uh, free agency, whether it's a trade, whether it's the draft, um, we're wide open. Uh, and, and, and we know we have to do some things there. And, and look, we know – Dez and Taylor, they did the, the very best that oh, they could, and there were some ups and downs. There were some the good and bad, but we know we didn't 
Um, I believe that. We didn't, th- this season didn't hit our marks and didn't reach our potential. And um, we know that's a part of it, but there's a lot of other areas. And, and we're, we're going to, it's never going to be the same. So it's not like we need to do this one thing and then we're going to take off. We're going to look at everything top to bottom. We're going to look at every position. We're going to look to improve this roster this offseason, not only in improving and bringing people from outside the building, but challenging the guys that are here and making sure they take that next step so we can get to where we need to be. Yeah, there was a lot in there, but there was a couple parts that were most important. Bless um, your heart. Yeah, bless your heart. Bless your heart. About Desmond yeah. Ritter and, yeah. and Taylor Heineke, yeah. which is the right thing to do. Yes, bless your heart. The great effort. Yep. Bad results. Bless your heart. We're moving bless your, on. Bless your heart. Um, and then all the other stuff is true. I mean, you know, they, they have multiple avenues to try to address the quarterback position. They'll take one of them. Yep. <laughs> now, which one it is? Nobody knows. They probably they, don't they, know. I think that's the biggest thing is that they probably don't yeah, know. They don't know. I mean, you know, like you said, they don't know who the quarterback like is next been, year. Ryan ain't been here yet. You know, he's been like you said, uh, constructing this staff and everything like that. And now it's time to get down to work, business. And I'm sure today they're down to business right now. Yep. They're all in the same state. Him and Terry are in office somewhere, and they're trying to formulate a plan of how to make this 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 thing go. But they, everybody knows, and we'll say it. Uh, forever until they find that position, and that's that's priority number one for this team. Priority number one is to find that guy right now. Find him right now, and prior to should be called uh, after this game on on Monday. Call up uh, Chris Jones' agent. I know it's not. It might be some tampering and all that. Yeah, like know. whenever you're allowed. Whenever to. you're allowed to call Chris Jones' agent and call him and see what hey man, what you want. How would you like to come and be an Atlanta Falcon? <laughs> I, I, I know you you because he. I don't think he's going back to Kansas City. But how would you like to be an Atlanta Falcon, Chris? Boy, I hope his answer to that one is, I'd really like I'd that. I'd love it. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd really love it. I'd really love that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. When does the league year start? 13th. March 13th. March 13th. Yeah, March 13th. Okay. Yeah. So you got time. You got time to formulate a game plan. Yeah, you get your pitch. Yeah, get your pitch and everything. <laughs> get your pitch ready. And How all, would you feel about all? being an Atlanta Falcon? All right, what can you do for me? Because uh, you know the number one thing he wants the Falcons to do for him cash is out. make him the highest paid yeah. defensive lineman in football. Yes. Can you do that? I don't know. It's a lot of money. But they'll figure it out. It's Chris Jones. They'll figure it out because it's him. <laughs> figure it out because it's him. That would make me very happy. Very optimistic about what the Falcons' <laughs> defense yes. could be. Yes. Chris Jones is one of those guys that makes every single person on that defense yes. better, yes. specifically the people on that defensive yes. line. Like, the Falcons will have a double-digit sack player yes. next year, yes. and it might not even be Chris Jones yes. if Chris Jones is on yes. that line. That's, that's, he's that type of player. Yeah. Like, he's, Arnold McKinney's life becomes yeah. so much he's, easier. He's that type of player. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, He makes all three levels better. Yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. All yeah. right, you got it. Yeah. You want to be the GM? No, they got Fontenot. He does a good job. But I think you could be an advisor. Yeah. That's good Good yeah, action. I'm all, I'm all in on that. Get the quarterback. I'm, I'm all in. And then that. sign Chris Jones. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on if that. If they do that, yes. and does it matter what quarterback, who do you want? Uh, I'm still saying go get Caleb. Okay, get Caleb yeah. and then sign Chris Jones. Yes. If they do that, you should be yeah. at least get a credit yeah. for uh, executive where, of the I, year. That's where I'm at. Yeah, go get. I mean, if they why, get Caleb why, Williams, why not be greedy? Why? why that's what oh, I'm saying. That's what, my whole. What thing. are we all on this thing for selling? Well, let's just pick. No, yeah, yeah. no, be dra- greedy. Draft the pa- draft the best pass rusher eight, and then go get your quarterback. Second round. Nope. No, nope. No. Nope. Now, nope. if that's the case, whatever, whatever. But no, yeah. get greedy. That's not greedy. Greedy get is greedy. trade up to get the best player yes. in the draft, get which greedy. is the quarterback, uh, and then spend whatever money you have to go get the best player in free agency. Yes. Do that. Yes. Because like, if you did that, you'd be good. Yes. Probably. Be Unless greedy. Caleb Williams is a huge bust, which I don't think that he will be. Yeah, exactly. Be greedy. Don't settle. You're not the one actually making the decision. You're the one yelling on social media about the people that are making the decisions. Yes. You don't have to be rational. Be irrational. Be greedy. Be greedy. Yeah. Ask for the best. Absolutely. I agree. All right, here's Quinn Snyder after the Hawks lost last night. 
Yeah, I think particularly they started really, really hot. Um, they sure and, did. And, you know, we hung in there even early in the game, which I thought was important and kind of ground our way back into it. And then, as you said, I just think, you know, we compete like that. We're going to be in games and good things are going to happen. That's just a better team. They yep. just, yeah, they lost to That's a what bit. it was. Lost to a better team with better personnel. They were on the verge, though, because the, the Clippers came out guns a blaze. Yes. Like, they they made 75% of their threes in the first 15 minutes of that game. Um, and it, they took a punch, the Hawks did. Mm-hmm. And they came back and had it tied. They maybe they even had the lead by halftime. They, they, they came back in that second quarter and fought back into the game. So, I thought that was that was great. And I thought the way that they fought in the fourth quarter, I realized they, I realized they gave up 47 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to sit here and be like, great work, because that's a lot. It's a lot. They gave up 149 points yes. in the game. But also, you know, if you watch the game, you understand a lot of the points at the end of that game were foul, like intentional foul free throw points. Like, whatever. They still gave up a lot of points. They can't get a lot of stops. The Clippers are better than them. Yes, and, and it's not close. Flat out. It's yeah. not close. The Clippers might be better than everyone. They're, they're, like, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're an NBA championship caliber we roster. We talked about it. When Kawhi is where he is, then they're just they're they're because he's that type of player. He is an, he's an elite superstar NBA basketball player. And when he's balling the way he's balling, they are any team he's on is a contender. Yep. Any team he's on because he is what the NBA is as far as that guy at that position mm-hmm. that you need to win championships. Yep. He's that guy. And they use him so smart too. Like for the majority of the game, I mean, he's off the ball mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's doing his thing. He's guard three. Yeah, but then it, when it's time in the fourth quarter, the he's gonna yeah he's yeah. gonna he's but gonna got, he's but, gonna pick up the ball handler. But they got everything though. I mean, you got James. James is he's so great because that's one thing. The biggest knock on James was because he was a one man wrecking crew in Houston. Yeah. But now you see what he does as far as when he got those players because he still can get his shot off. And I mean, the four point play Trey can't play better defense. What are you going to do? Can't play better defense. He bumped into you. Yeah. They gave him the foul call. Yeah. He banks it in. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The same thing with Kawhi's three, the possession before that. They played great defense for 23 minutes. Hall of Fame player hit can't, a shot, man. Like, I don't know. Can't do about that. I don't know what you're going to And that five they close with when they have they go small uh-huh. and they have a mere coffee picking up the ball, it's like it's su- suffocating. Like, they, they're really good. Yep. They're, they're really, they're really, really good. good. And they're coached really well. And if they can stay healthy, I think the Clippers have a great shot. This hour, brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com, get a guaranteed offer on your home today, and start packing. We'll come back. Mike Conti is going to join us. Ask him what he thought about last night's game. Get his thoughts on the trade deadline on Thursday as well. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Midday show with Andy and Randy with you here on a Tuesday morning. 20 minutes away from the NFL No Huddle. At 12.20, we'll let you uh, have a chance to hear a good portion of Dukes and Bell with Raheem Morris and Dukes and Bell with Terry Fontenot. Uh, Both of them sat down with the guys yesterday afternoon. In the same segment, by the way, back-to-back. Pretty solid 25 minutes of... uh, of live radio there. We'll let you hear a good chunk of that as yesterday was the introductory press conference. Before we do any of that, though, Mike Conti steps in on Tuesdays at this time every week. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good seeing you guys again. I'm F- good. Fun one last night. Unfortunately, yeah. the Hawks, you know, the Clippers are damn good. But yeah, you know, the Hawks weren't that far away. I think with Al Capella, I think maybe that's, I mean, if you kind of squint and look really hard, you can see that the Hawks and the Clippers maybe not separated by a ton right now. Um, 
That might be an optimistic way of looking at it. I mean, the Clippers are so good. you got to squint pretty hard. Yeah, they're, they're so good. They're playing unselfish basketball right now, they which is are, remarkable. Yeah, like um, for, for the four of those guys, I mean, you, they're capable. You know that, yeah. that four of those guys. But the four of those guys to be playing in that system the way that they are, well, and for, it's, it's beautiful at for, times. For Brody to be coming off the bench yeah. and be cool with it the way that he is. Mm-hmm. And he's the one um, he initiated. He's like, all right, man. Exactly, exactly. It, it's... It's inspiring to watch, um, but look, good effort by the Hawks last night. Um, you don't expect a team to shoot 60% against you from three. You want to try to do stuff to maybe not allow a team to shoot 60% from three against you, but but some of it was just like Avicii Zubach, not Zubach, I'm sorry, he was out. Daniel Tice. Yeah, Daniel Tice at the end of the third quarter. Heaving a three at the end of the third. James Harden making an impossible mm-hmm. three while being fouled off the glass at the end of the game, like, some of it was just bad luck, but um, I, I like the tweet that you had last night, Andy. I feel like if the Hawks play like that in their final 29 games, they're going to win a lot of their final 29 games. Will they win enough to get out of the top or, or get out of the 6 through 10 or 7 through 10? No, I, I don't think so. I think they're stuck in that. But, um, you know, maybe the goal is to be 7th or 8th and, and have a home game in the play-in round, and maybe they can get there. Mike, we're two days away from the trade deadline, NBA trade deadline. We were just talking in the break about certain names and everything. Out of 100%, what, what, do, what do you think the percentage of the Hawks making a move, as you think right now? Mm. Um, any move yes. or a major move? Any. I think they'll make uh, almost 100% they're going to make some kind of move at the deadline, even if it's just a, a, a small one. I think historically – uh, the Hawks have, have been very active at the trade deadline, even in years where, like, oh, we're going to bring in Jeff Teague and Travion Graham in the, the trade deadline. Like, they, they've done those types of things. Are they going to be able to make a major move? Should they make a major move? Uh, I think that's a little hazy now compared to maybe even this time last week. And, and the challenge is, do you want to be a prisoner of the moment? Right. Because uh, I am. I am, too. Yes. They've played really well the last week and a half. They've played really, really well. Uh, even in the loss last night, they played well. Even giving up 73 to Dallas, they still almost won that game. Like, they're playing a lot better. Now, that's coincided with playing home games. Uh, that cannot be overlooked. That's also coincided with with playing some teams that you should beat. I mean, I, I know everyone gets caught up in the Warriors. The Warriors are not that good this year. Right. The Lakers are not that good this year. I mean, those are teams you should beat. Phoenix was a very good win. Toronto's a team you should beat. So do you want to be prisoner of the moment or do you want to kind of take a 30,000-foot view? And if you do that, I think, honestly, you evaluate the Hawks. And um, this isn't a team that's, even in the most optimistic scenario, probably going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. So um, you've got to make major changes to uh, try to change your trajectory and that really, frankly, could start as soon as the trade deadline? Or do you want to wait until free agency and tackle it then? Or do you want to wait until next year's trade deadline and, and tackle it then? I'd rather get it all over with right now. But but the tricky thing is you're playing good basketball. And uh, you're playing well enough to win you know, pretty much every night, at least over the last week or two. So I don't know. I don't envy the people who will have to make that decision. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It, it's so hard because it's been definitely a better – stretch 
And, but it's also a blip in the yeah. two-and-a-half-year sample size of mediocrity. You know and, what I mean? And the other problem is there's no one out there right now that's being shopped that would make the Hawks clearly better. Right. Like, if you make a big move, you're doing it to acquire draft picks and expiring contracts to really tackle this thing this summer. That's a tricky message to send to your fans. Right. That's a tricky message to send to a guy wearing number 11 mm-hmm. on your team right now. So – this is a very, very delicate balance that uh, Landry Fields and, and his front office and Quinn Snyder are dealing with right now. I saw, I saw your tweet yesterday because I know you have it all the way down. Saw the NFL Eagles going to Brazil yep. on a Friday, and you listed all of the teams that were that are supposedly yep. the, the away teams for Philadelphia. Yep. Happens to be the Falcons on there. Yep. Along and with the Cowboys and the Steelers. Well, you want to eliminate the divisional teams, though, because are they really going to make them play a divisional game week one in Brazil? Falcons are one of four teams that would possibly be going to Brazil. I think I know uh, where you were going with that, though, right? Because he is the, you know. Yeah. He's the boss, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have no inside knowledge. I mean, but no, if they were to. No, 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 no. If they were to. Wouldn't a remote broadcast from Rio de Janeiro with your midday show be a great idea? I would love to have you guys in Rio. I would probably love to have you more in Sao Paulo even more where they're playing. My bad. Sao Paulo. You said that. I was like, I don't think that's right. There's two damn cities. Listen, all I'm thinking one. of is, oh man, Brazilian steakhouses and all that food down there. That's not what I'm thinking about. I'm talking about Brazil well, and, and and other yeah. other things too. <laughs> yeah. uh, other beautiful things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be really cool. It would be, I think, a very very challenging way to open the season, just from a football standpoint. Do you know how long that flight is yes. from no. Philadelphia to Sao Paulo? It's like a ten hour flight. Wow. We live in Atlanta. It's a further flight to Brazil than it is to go to Germany. Yes. Or really? uh, England or France wow. yeah, from here. So I don't think people realize that even though it's in the same time zone, just how far south that is from hmm. here. Plus, I, weather might be kind of cold there that time of year, I think, right? I, I, Stop I, making excuses, Mike. Just say no. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll sure we'll, we'll we'll have no problem coming up with the financial resources to be able to send the entire radio station to Brazil. Yeah, that'll be easy. We'll all be there. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be cool though. Uh, I I have a feeling that the Falcons uh, might be playing an international game, but not in Brazil this year. Um, Carolina's got a home game, I think, in Germany. They do. Um, I think another Falcons opponent that they're supposed to play on the road is in England this year. So um, now they they were in England last year, but they've added so many international games right now that I, I don't think you're immune to going to an international city, you know, twice in as many years. Um, the one thing we know is the Falcons aren't going to be stripped of a home game. They're going to have nine home, true home games next year, so that'll be good for Raheem Morris, I guess. What did you think of the Raheem Morris-Terry Fontenot press conference and interview with Dukes and Bell yesterday? Here's what I thought. Okay. If you lose the press conference, the future is not bright. Uh, very, very seldom do we see a new hire lose the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not expecting Raheem Morris to lose this press conference. He did the complete opposite. I thought he nailed it. Loved his energy. Um, honestly, you know, I know some people were killing steak about asking about 28 to three. I loved Raheem's answer about that. And I loved his mentality that he wants nothing more than to make amends for that and, and get a trophy to Arthur blank. I, I loved it. I was really, really pumped up by what I heard. Um, you know, I, 
all the buzzwords, collaboration, and the collaboration he's going to have with Terry Fontenot. That's great. I think we were all expecting that. Uh, look, the key is who's going to be quarterback right. for this team. And that process has probably already started as far as evaluating what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. So great press conference yesterday. Really, really happy for him. I think it's, it's great for the franchise. It's great for him. I want to know who the quarterback is. How do you lose a press conference? Have you seen someone do that before? Yeah, who was the uh, – it was Sirianni. Sirianni, yeah. Sirianni lost it, and then he – By forgetting he, how to talk. Yeah, and then he yeah. actually went to a Super Bowl. Right. The, uh, Dan Campbell right. lost his press conference and actually went on to do great things. But uh, oh, That's interesting. Uh, I kind of thought he won that press conference, but I, I guess it was sort of split. Because he said split. crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though, like, um, who was the Jets coach? Um, or Dave Campo, the Dallas Cowboys coach. Okay. Who, who, like, went in and was just, like, completely low energy. Uh, that You want to get your fan base excited. You I do. thought Raheem did a good job of that. No right. Mike, World Cup's coming, obviously, big deal for the city. What kind of infrastructure thing do you think they'll be probably bringing in because of it? Um, so, you know, the, when the Olympics were here, it was basically two weeks and a third weekend. This is going to be of the magnitude of the Olympics, but over the span of a full month as opposed to, like, two and a half weeks. Um, it's going to be massively crowded. Uh, the airport, the downtown area, the hotels, everything like that. Um, but I think we're set up for it. Yep. You know, we, we have lots of major events here, and I, I think we're set up for it. I think people will be shocked at just how many people are going to come in from all corners of the globe. Because the thing is, with the five group stage matches, you'll know a year and a half out if your country is going to play in Atlanta. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can book those flights and that travel way out in advance. And if you get like a, a really wealthy European nation like Europe, uh, like uh, England or France or Germany or something like that playing in Atlanta, look out. You're going to be descended upon by tens of thousands of Brits and French people <laughs> and Germans. And, we're hoping and again for Irish. We're hoping for Brazilians. We're, we're Brazilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, Mike. All right, guys. All right, this hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. We'll come back. We'll get back into yesterday's press conference and all the other big news from around the NFL as it is Tuesday of Super Bowl week. Many of the players and coaches met with the media last night as well. Right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, the midday show with Andy and Randy with you here Tuesday afternoon. A lot of, lot of Falcons, a lot of NFL over the next 45 minutes. NFL no huddle, just a couple minutes away. 20 minutes from now, we'll let you hear a portion of the Raheem Morris sit down with Dukes and Bell and a portion of the Terry Fontenot interview as well. The back page with Bo at 1240. They needed, they needed you in Vegas last night, Randy. What's that? Reportedly. Uh-huh. 
a player in town for the Super Bowl uh-huh. was attacked by a coyote. What? At Lake Las Vegas last night. Big, what the hell are you doing at, 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 out in the lake? I don't know. At night. They needed you. Oh no! I they mean, needed the wildlife uh, fighter. I, I mean, you know me, dog. I, I, I come. I comes to you know come with mine. But like, as I said on Friday, I ain't looking for trouble. But I'm not going to concede the fact that you're going to kill me. And that's all. Right. You know. I mean, you let you let me. I fight a tiger if I have to. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll be at the pearly gates with fur in my hand. Right. I, like that tiger gonna know. Like he, he was in a war. You're just not. <laughs> you're not conceding defeat beforehand. Exactly. Because like Bo said last week, one of the many great. Uh, inspiring quotes we've had on the show the last couple of weeks is if if you feel that way you've already lost. Yeah. So that's what if I'm you saying. think you're gonna lose yeah, you've already probably, lost. He's probably gonna kill me, but damn it, he's gonna know he fought Randy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I like your chances versus a coyote though. Especially gonna, way hey, more than a tiger. You could take a coyote. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah. take a coyote. I'm just saying I ain't gonna let him just kill me. Like I'm gonna The take... guy didn't die. Okay. We don't know who it is oh. or even if this is true, but okay. it was tweeted by a, a major Las Vegas news outlet. That's last bad. Night. That's yeah. bad. Coyotes are like the crackheads of dogs, so you got those. Coyotes are the crackheads of dogs. I'd like to hear more about that. <laughs> well, they're skinny. Okay, and they sure go around begging for scraps. Okay, fair and they steal from people. A lot of energy. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, yeah. Those that's are all. Head. Those are all crackhead that's a, symptoms. That's a crackhead right there, man. Ursha think he's slick. Hard to beat a crackhead though. Yeah, because they it's hard to catch him. Yeah, uh, Ursha think he's slick. Ursha gonna ha- he gonna have? I'm, I'm gonna call him Ursha because of the simple fact he think he's slick. How you gonna have tickets? You gonna you gonna request have, have a concert and put it out there? Right around this time. My wife just texted me talking about something. That would be a great Valentine's Day gift. Ursa tickets. I would say, based on everything you just said, he is slick. He's slick, man. Yeah. <laughs> he is think, slick. I think he's slick. That's what the thing about these Super Bowl halftime performances are now, though. It's like, because it, like, you don't get paid to do it. Right. So it's a promotional event for you, right? Yeah. So you make the most he of it. He think he's slick. He no, is slick. He go and sit up there and have these You know how much money he's going to make off this? Oh, my God. He ain't getting none of Randy's. I know. I, I'm pretty sure Chandra them gonna gonna have something down there. I go sit with uh with, with Tig them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife can you can come too. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, hold Might, on. he's gonna get some of somebody. I was though. like, hold on, man. Plenty. How you gonna throw you? You about to? I mean, because I think he's gonna kill the halftime show. I do I think too. He's gonna kill it. But then you are gonna announce your concert date right there, right now? Because he's a genius. Like really? In the concert <laughs> until October. I know. So you have plenty of time to. Put it on layaway well, or whatever. Put it on a credit card. You can't put tickets on layaway. You can put it on a credit card. Okay, I see. And that's I know basically that, but I'm just saying, Do they make? Do they, do no, I don't think so. Oh, like payment plans on tickets? I don't think so. Oh. What you can do is buy it immediately and then wait for the ticket price to go way up and then resell it. Mm. That's mm. a little. If you have the, you know, mm. you have the money and the foresight. Yeah, I'm just saying. You I, can do that. I mean, she just texted me that about because we played the commercial because obviously you must be in the car and heard it. But yeah, uh, it's on October 17th and 18th. Eight o'clock. That's a little too late for me. The other smart street. thing about that is that's so long from now, it's hard to say. Ah, I'm busy that day. You know what I mean? No, ain't it? You don't have anything planned that that's day. Right. Who Georgia play on that Saturday? <laughs> I don't know. Eighteenth. Who Georgia play on the eighteenth? <laughs> Somebody. Damn. Or maybe that's one of their bye weeks. That's a long. Ooh, ooh. I sure would really be sneaky ooh, then, dude. If he planted around Georgia's bye week in Atlanta, oh, he got us, fellas. <laughs> he, hey, he. He got what, what? He got us. Got him. We got him. Just give him your money. Give it to him right now. Is he going to bring any special guests out with him on Sunday? Because Rihanna didn't. It was all the speculation yeah. about whether she yeah. just uh, the only special guest she had was her pregnancy, which was an awesome I, way go, to announce I'm that. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. Lil John. Okay, I like that. Uh, and pro- he might bring Jeezy out. Oh, dude, please. 
Loving this club. Yeah, he might bring Jeezy out. He might bring Jeezy out. Please, please yeah. do that song. But for some reason, it seems like a lot of these halftime uh, things, they get real poppy. So I can see him play yeah. a lot of his poppy songs. Right. But not in them. But I think, yeah. I mean, that Lil yeah, John and, yeah. and Ludacris, yeah. like, that's, is that his most, like, in terms of charts? Like, that's number one. It gotta right? be. I would think so. I mean, he's got a million yeah. great songs. I'm not trying to. Not trying I don't to... think so, but no, it's gonna. I think he's gonna kill it. He's gonna, he's gonna freaking kill it. Yeah, because he's awesome. Yeah, he's gonna kill it. I can't wait to see it. But yeah, he think he's slick. I sit up here and put these these uh these tickets over there. And shout out to I got Brian. His wife said she was gonna be his Valentine. Yep, it Good worked for you, dog. That, that is amazing, man. You're welcome. He said you can after pay for tickets. It's like Lilway. Never heard of that, but never heard of it. Never either. heard of it. Either. But yeah, there's ways. I mean, look, you, you got till October to come up with the money. Like the tickets ain't go up. They're not gonna go up by net from now to October, are they? Probably. They probably will. But, I mean, if whatever the afterpay thing is, maybe you get it in locked in on a price or right. something like that. Okay. But if you buy it, like we got tickets for a concert in uh, in June. And then, I don't know, the guy's gotten more popular since then, I guess. And uh, they're like double the price. Right. I'm like, well, let's just sell them. Like, it would have been cool to go to the concert, but I'd rather have $200. Right. Of course. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I yeah. got it. I just say never. It's been a while since I paid for a concert tickets. They'll go up on the resale side. They'll go up on the resale. Yeah. But if so you I, buy them now or whenever they go right. on sale, if you can get them from Ticketmaster then, mm-hmm. resell them on Ticketmaster's resale site. Yeah. Well, that's like it for the for the Andre 3000 flute tour mm-hmm. we were talking about. Yeah. Like, I was looking at tickets at the 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 theater that's over there in Little Five Points. It's like 500 bucks. This is a small venue, though. Yeah. But yeah. it's resale. I mean, the first price wasn't that. Right. But now, because it's a small venue, there's not that many. Tickets available. Mm-hmm. $500? Does he Dre play the flu? <laughs> yep. Because he ain't going. He ain't, he ain't he's going. He's not going to rap. He's not going off script. Doesn't matter how much yeah. you pay and how yeah, much you yeah, want him yeah. to rap. He, he's not going off script. He's not rapping. $500? <laughs> I love me some Dre. Me too. I don't love him to see him play no flute. Me I like <laughs> I would go if I was given tickets. I would go if the tickets were a little bit cheaper, but I wouldn't pay $500. $100? No, because I think you can get $100 tickets to right. the other venue. Would you pay $100, though? I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. You pay $100, Bo? Yeah, I would. Just really? to experience it, yeah. Ain't too many things I experienced for $100. 100 bucks a lot. $100, it ain't even this is a lot. It's, it's like, a lot. It's about the satisfaction that you get from the $100. Yeah. Like, $100 supposed to get you satisfied. That's a nice, tranquil mood of a concert right there. You go in there, relax. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, some I could go to a spot for $40 and get that. That's, that's the, true. That's yeah. the heat bill. Yeah, you might have been playing the flute. $100 <laughs> is three days of daycare. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, think about what these things are worth. Uh, the exchange the, uh, the, rate. See, Dylan, because this is what teenagers do, Dylan just texted me. Uh, I said, I just bought Drake and J. Cole tickets. What? You spent... Damn, what, what kind of money? Dylan, Dylan's got he got he got full time money now. So wow, way to go, Dylan! That early morning money that, must be he got, good. He got, that, he got that daytime money, <laughs> that that full time job money. I can't spend a hundred dollars to see my favorite artist. Dylan's going to going to J Cole. I don't know how much he spent. Oh, I go put his money. I ain't gonna put his money. I ain't gonna put his money out there. I gonna put his money out there. Let's pay some bills. Let's yeah. get to an NFL no huddle. All right, then, grown up Dylan. Well, I guess he he's he, he's become a man, Andy. Full price for tickets. NFL No Huddle every day to kick off the noon hour this hour. Brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. Let's hear from a guy who would know, a guy who was uh, a player on the coaching staff under him for a number of years, Matt Ryan, talking about Raheem Morris. Well, listen, I've seen him in all kinds of different capacities. When he came to Atlanta, he started on the defensive side of the ball with the secondary. We had some issues on the offensive side of the ball. He comes over and coaches the wide receiver group. 
He then gets asked midseason to go back and call the plays on the defensive side of the ball and then is an interim head coach uh, in his last season with us. So I spent six years uh, around Raheem and it have seen him in all of those different lights and then also competed against him early in my career when he was in Tampa as a head coach. And, and I think he's a guy that, number one, connects with his players and, and guys are going to love playing for him. He's got the ability to to kind of make make it known that he cares about his guys, but at the same time can hold them accountable. What happened that year? Which? When he, I don't know. Why did Raheem Morris have to switch and go help on the offense? I, I don't remember. I can't remember that. But yeah. anyway, I mean, but no, I mean, all that's true. All of that is true. Um, and just, I think this, just like when when he was hired, and we we pointed out the fact, like there's been coaches hired and fired for years in the NFL. It's going to happen again next year. But I've never seen it just a collective of a of of people yeah. so happy yep. for a guy to get a head coach yep. job. Just never seen it before. Yeah, he is a universally. Liked, yes. Maybe even more than liked. Yeah. Maybe maybe yes. beloved yes. figure across yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Which is great. That's awesome. Um. And th- like a lot of the stuff Matt Ryan's talking about, it certainly matters. Like the experience oh, yeah. matter yes. and being able to connect matter. Like a lot of the things that maybe have been said over the last couple of years about the last head coach won't be said about Raheem Morris. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to be snarky. He's going to have a good relationship with pretty much everybody, and that's great. But it. It only matters so much. Yeah, let me tell you, you know? something. Hey, you like can that's, be the nice, that's wonderful. You can be the nicest guy, charisma, all that stuff. He knows this. Rod's been in this business too long to know. Yeah, right. Winning is important to his. It's the only it's thing. It's the only, the thing, only thing that thing. matters. I don't know who the nicest coach in, yeah, in the history of the it NFL don't matter. is. But I know who the best coach in the history yes. of the NFL is. Yeah, he also kind of happened to be one of the biggest jerks. Yes. <laughs> at least to the media. Exactly. But no one cared. Exactly. he won. Exactly. Yeah, Ra, Ra is full of all the good things that you want in a in an individual, in a coach. He has everything. He is qualified, maybe. Oh, he is all those different things. But Ra know this Ra know this business? Because mm-hmm. Ra, Ra's been fired in this business. Right. Ra knows. And I'm he, sure he, he appreciates knows, all he the, knows the compliments the and all that kind oh, of no stuff. Oh, no doubt about like, it. None of it matters. But he knows what the bottom line is. None of it matters. They, they got to win yes. and they got to win. Yes. Next year and the year after yes. that, there's no. Well, you know what? They took over. No, they didn't. They didn't take over a bad situation. Nope. It's a pretty good situation. They have to get the quarterback right. Yes. We all understand that, but it's a pretty good situation. So yeah, there's you know that that's what matters. All the other stuff matters too because you, you like him and it's going to be easy to like him and it's going to be easier to like him if he wins. Right. People are going to you know. But Rod's a competitor, so he I can he it might be some Mondays or something. He's going to be mad. They lose now. I, I hope he's a, he's a hell of a competitor now. I hope he has that competitive fire. <laughs> well, of course, in him. Of course. I know yeah. that. I know that. Yeah. But like, yeah, we don't have, we don't have be, to be friends with everybody yeah. if things aren't going. I good. agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's hear Brock Purdy. This is something that people love to do. Like when Amon Ross St. Brown was drafted and there was a few people drafted in front of him and he could name all of them, Tom Brady. I kind of love that Brock Purdy can't. Here he is being asked about the eight quarterbacks drafted ahead of him. In the NFC Championship game, you guys beat up on the Detroit Lions. They have a wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. Now he's famous for knowing all the 16 wide receivers that got drafted before him. All right. There were eight quarterbacks that got drafted before you. Can you name them and what school they went to? No. No, I'm not. Yeah, honestly, I'm not that kind of guy. Um, there you go. I know a couple of the guys that got drafted before me, but I've never held a grudge for it or anything. I'm a believer that, you know, God has a plan for everybody, and, and I fell last for a reason. And so um, I've, I haven't held any grudges against other teams. It, it all happened how it needed to, and I'm blessed to be a part, part of 49ers. Who they hate that answer. Oh, yeah. I know all of them. Boy, do they hate I, that I, answer. I know all of them. You know all the tight ends that are yeah. drafted in front of you? Yeah, but, I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's, but it's, it is what it is. Who are they? Uh, let's see. First, Jeremy well, Shockey. I know Jeremy, Jeremy Stevens. Shockey, uh, Daniel Graham. Jeremy Stevens. 
uh, Doug Jolly, <laughs> Shobel, Chris Baker, Pat, uh, Justin Peel, and that's seven. So I was eight, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then right behind me was Lazar from Virginia to Jacksonville. It goes on. on. How many of those guys played in the league longer than you? No, none of them. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I wish I had a list of radio hosts that got jobs before me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had some sort of kill list in my mind. Dang it. I'll try to find one. Um, (laughs) That's great. But I also love that Purdy doesn't remember because, I mean, they wanted that to be a clickable headline. And he was like, I don't know. Leave him alone. Oh, Brock Purdy. He recites the names before every night before he goes to bed. Do you know that there are people out there talking about some teams are now looking for their next Brock Purdy? Well, what, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> People who are out there looking for their next Brock Purdy need to be fired. If by that they mean the perfect quarterback for the system that yes. we run, yeah. then great. No, no. no. We'll, oh, we'll wait till the seventh round to draft oh, the quarterback. Oh, they mean that. Yes. Well, that's not a good idea. It's not a blueprint if there's only one example of it. Yes. It's not a blueprint if there's only one example of it. It's just an example. It's all it is. All right, we'll come back. We'll let you hear from Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot. They both sat down with Dukes and Bell yesterday. Great conversations. Uh, if you missed either one of them, we'll let you hear – Parts of both next on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Ursher, Ursher. He's from NC State. He's a receiver from NC State. I know. I'm looking it up. He's six foot five. He's like six foot five, like two thirty. Had all the measurables. Was, was always hurt and was a knucklehead. Yep. What's his damn name? I can't find it. Now he wasn't on this team. But he was. He played for Seattle. Though. Yeah, and he was good. He was good. He was he good. Played, he couldn't he had, stop had, making he had, mistakes. Dog, what was his name? He had the red visor, like the oranges looking visor. Yep. From <laughs> NC State number nine. He's number pick nine overall. I think he was. Corn Robinson. Corn Robinson. Corn Robinson. Yeah. Corn Robinson. He was awesome. Yes, he was so great. He's just knucklehead. Why were we talking about Seneca Wallace? Because I saw a picture of they was doing. He's doing. They had the NFL Trust, and they had. Okay. He's doing something in, in the community. Oh, great! Yeah, and I was like, Damn, hell yeah. Seneca was uh, was a, he was a great teammate, but I can't remember if he ever started or was a starter right. up there in Seattle. He was never the starting quarterback. Yeah. He started a bunch of games yeah. in 08 and 09 right. because I think it was Hasselbeck. It might have been somebody who kept getting hurt. Yeah. But yeah, and then. Uh, uh, he played for the Browns for a year. That's why I remember him. And then he played for the Packers we for, went a for the year. We went for the Browns. I know uh, we got to get to this this sound, but we were just talking about um, Andre and everything in the flute, and this has got sent to us by uh, Kevin Troy. said that, um, and I saw this earlier. I just didn't read the clip. Um, Lil John is coming out with a guided meditation album. Okay. A 10-track project is probably going to be released oh, next week. What the hell is uh, – Guided meditation. Um, he's yeah, he's gonna walk you through some mental exercises to get you into a um, into like a Zen space. Little John's voice is like that. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be the little John. You know what I'm that's what I'm saying. So I, so, I don't think that's little John. I think that's little John. Okay, that's what I'm about to say. So it's too, instead of yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. like yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You are feeling. instead of okay, okay. That's okay. The, okay that's okay. the proper. That's the proper position. <laughs> I know that when you, you know, yeah. ah, look at that crunkness. What if it was? Look at that the crunkness in your system. <laughs> what if it was the same songs? Yes. But, but just performed exactly. Three, three, six, nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Damn. two. Turn to the window, and now put your back on the wall. Let me play with your panty line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God, that might be it though. I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, 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 all, I'm all in. I'm, a, I'm all in. Till the Zen what? drips down your. You know what? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's hear from Raheem Morris first. Which one do we want to hear from first? Raheem Morris first. All right. The new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He was on with Dukes and Bell yesterday. If you missed the entire interview. It was awesome. Yes, You're going to want to check it out. It's on the website, Dukes and Bell's page. Subscribe to the Dukes and Bell podcast. Really, really cool. The coolest thing was both of these guys were on in the same segment. So it was just like 25 straight minutes of Fontenot and then right into Raheem Morris. But we'll go Raheem Morris first. Um, talking about why this was the job for him. This is a celebration, man. And like We've made this thing bigger than it is, right? We made this thing different. And I want everybody to know we're in this thing together, right? It's not me against the media. It's not the media against me. It's out here. and It's about winning. And we want to win. We want to win for our community. We want to win for Atlanta, and we got some big. We got some big things we got to do. You talked about coming back here, um, and now you get this opportunity. And I think Mike and I have said this. Listen, you get a job at, at 32, a head coaching job. It is completely different now, and in, in your experience, and you know, Super Bowl champion, and all the things you bring. And it's like, rah. I'm excited. And I'm telling Atlanta, like we have to give Raheem Morris and this staff a chance to start fresh. Right. That, that is the thing. And I think that question that Mike's talking about, it lingers because we've been here and we all hurt and we all went through that. But this is new. It's fresh. And this is your opportunity to to build your staff and have your team. The circumstances were different last time. Dukes, Mike, man, don't ask anybody for anything. It's our job to go earn it. Right. Let's get this staff in place. Let's get him a chance to get with Terry and his staff. Let's get this group together. Let's get this team together. Every year you go in this league is going to be different. No matter what year it is, it is right. what it is, right? Let's embrace that, right? Let's embrace the things that we can embrace. Let's go out there and fight the fight that we can fight. And the only fight we can do every single day is getting better. A little birdie told me, you blew them away in the interview. <laughs> what did you do? Because you were going up against all these other guys that we were talking right. about, the right. Bill Belichicks of the world and all these other guys. And I hear, he blew us away. And I'm like, what? What did you say? And what, what did you do? That Did you walk out of there and feel like, yeah, I have the job. I know I've got this job. No. I mean, um, you go through that process and you present your best self. And that's all I can do. I can be the best version of Raheem Morris when I walked in that room. That's what I tried to do. And I wanted to go show a collaborative form of a guy that wanted to win a championship with you guys. Right. And that's what I wanted to show. I wanted to be a people first organization, the people first run. And I wanted to show that. And I wanted to be collaborative with the guys that were in the room, collaborate with the guys that we're going to add to the room. And I wanted to let that show at the highest level. And when I walked out, you just felt like this is a group that you want to do it with. Mm. And that was important to me. Right. I was interviewing them just as much. They was interviewing me. And I wanted to make sure I was done the right way. It just seems like this team is poised right now. You're getting at the right spot, but now to put your stamp on it. And, and what, now what do you expect from your players, by the way? What do you, you expect from your guys? I just talked about the word. Everybody used the cool word culture, right? What does right. that really mean? Culture is really what's happening when you're not there, coach. Mm. What are your players doing? How are they representing the community? Mm. How are they representing themselves? You know, what do we bring back to the table? Like, that, that's what the real culture is when I'm not around. That's who we are. That's who we got to be. Is there any one lesson, one thing off the top of your head that says the biggest thing that's changed in you or you haven't changed, just the circumstances have changed or the vision is still the same, but now you fine-tuned it? You better be changing every single day. You either get better or you get worse. And I think the fact that I was able to take the lessons from here 
being a big part of listening, part of Arthur's culture and what he brings, I think that was a huge part for me, right? Having to take that to the Rams, talking about listening and then taking some of the stuff from Sean McVay and the we might, we not, me might need mentality. Right. And, and really, it all boils back to what Arthur said in the beginning. It's people first. There you have it. That's part of the uh, the conversation with the new head coach, Raheem Morris, yesterday. If you, that was about three and a half minutes of it. It was a 10-minute chat. He also obviously did a full press conference, which you can listen to on the website as well. But the, the, interview, with, the interview with Dukes' Bell is better than press conference. Definitely. Is, is, yeah, is, is, definitely. Yeah, is so much better. More personable. Yes, yes. They were able to kind of yes. dig into some of the nuts and bolts of it. Like that part of it, the last question that Mike asked is, is really interesting to me is like, um, okay, you got a head coaching job at 32, now you're 47. That's mm-hmm. a 15-year difference. Mm-hmm. How are you different? Because I can only imagine it's, I mean, it's infinite, right? Yeah. You're so different in so many different ways. And the job is different. Can you even think back? And EA is like, well, you're 32, and you're that young, and you've only had success. Because the first year he was a position coach with Tampa, they won the Super Bowl. Yep. So the first year he's a coach in the NFL Super Bowl. Oh, this is easy. This yep. is great. Mm-hmm. And then within five years, he's a head coach. Yep. Like, that's a fast track, man. Then, like, that doesn't happen for people. You don't even realize that you could be a really good person and still be so arrogant at that <laughs> point. And I know everything. Mm-hmm. Of course I know mm-hmm. everything. Because all I've done is succeed. Mm-hmm. I can't fail. I'm the golden child. Yep. And then it's, oh, wait, no, it's really hard. Yep. It's really, really hard. I think failing, you know, is such a great teacher a lot of time. And for him to have that, look, I'm not saying you can't only have success and it's fine. Some people do that. But, like, to be humbled yeah. the way you that learn, it happened to him, I think, is incredibly important. You learn more from your failures than you do your victories anyway. Yeah, probably. You do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously being up under the guys that he was under, the staff that he was on, you had to listen because you're not the man. You know what I mean? And he's he has the kind of cachet that Sean McVay listens to him. You know what I mean? And things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, you learn so much from from, um, from from going through things like that. Because you're right. I remember when Rod got the job. We were all, I mean, because he was. The, they looked at him as Mike T, as a Mike Tomlin disciple. And and they looked at him like, and it was good when it was good until it wasn't. And a lot of that was out of his control, considering how they ran that organization, yeah, how they tried it to. It was a bad it situation. It was a bad situation for him. It, it was a bad situation for a coach who was as young as he was. Yeah. And so, yeah, you got a second shot. Hopefully he, uh, I mean, obviously, hopefully he takes advantage of it. Um, all right. Do we have time to do this? It's kind of long. Yeah. You know I mean? Can we do the second chunk? All right. Let's do the second chunk. It's a little bit shorter. Here's Terry Fontenot talking about that word again, the collaboration between him and Raheem. The idea of uh, you cooking, we said, let Terry cook. And the, the job you did with free agency, especially on the defensive side, bringing in Jesse Bates, getting 13 sacks from a couple of veteran quarterbacks. What's his philosophy? How, how are you guys going to work together on the defensive side? As soon as the coaches get in town next week, we're going to sit down and really spend a lot of time with them going through our roster. Not only that, but then going through, okay, what are we looking for ideally? we, we got to all be hunting, right. looking for the same thing. And so we're going to make sure we get on the same page regarding that. And we're going to formulate that right plan, but we're not going to close any doors. We're going to be very aggressive and do what we have to do to get this team where it needs to be. The collaborative nature of picking the personnel sometimes is tough for us or the fan base to figure out. Was Arthur the lead, Arthur Smith at the time on some of these decisions, or it truly was a collaboration on everything you've done the last three years? Yeah, it truly was collaboration. And, and again, I've said it, I appreciate my relationship with Arthur. And I, I do believe from 2021 to, to this point, uh, there have been some good things, and, and we have – this team is is in a better place than it was three years ago. And obviously there's things that we need to do better, but I would say it was a truly collaborative relationship, much like moving forward with Raheem. It will be total collaboration. Uh, we'll be on the same page, and we'll do it together. What is uh, your biggest challenge now? This is done. 
What becomes Terry Fontenot's biggest challenge now this offseason, in your opinion? Well, we've got to formulate that plan. And, and again, that starts with spending time with Raheem and the coaching staff in the front office, and we have to sit down, go through our roster, go through what we need, and have that plan, look at free agency, look at the draft, have that right plan to go out and get the things that we need so we can move forward. And, again, it's not just about players from outside the building. Have that right plan for the players in the building and continue to improve. So the first step was getting the right head coach. We did that. I truly believe we have the right head coach, the right leader of man. We're very excited about that. Now we have to formulate the right plan for this offseason, execute that plan, and get this team ready to go. Okay. There you go. I mean, that's a long way of saying get the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Collaborate, collaborate. We get all that. I mean, but the thing about it is because we're here, that happens on 32 teams that it's not a one man thing. I mean, there's I mean, there's people who have more say in this and that. And as far as who's here, who's not here and things like that. But for the most part, like Terry's not going to cut somebody and Rod don't know about it. Or, or, or things like that. They will talk and discuss and everything like that. And no, they won't agree on everything because nobody ever does. Right. That's where the compromise But you don't want to be like, you don't want to be Mike Vrabel and find out that A.J. Brown gets traded on TV. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? That's, see, that's what like, I'm saying. That's not that's, collaborating. That was a disaster waiting yeah, to happen. Yeah. Like that, you got to avoid yes, that. Yes, that's a disaster. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this, everything is, is kind of like that. But yeah, there it is in the collaboration word. They're a collaborative group up there in Flower Ranch. Now just collaborate some wins. Yeah, man. <laughs> do it. that. Collaborate, collaborate with the scoreboard yep. and make sure That's you have it. more points than the other yes. team does. We'll come back and get to the back page with Bo after this on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the midday show with Andy and Randy with you here Tuesday afternoon, 20 minutes away from getting back into the big story of the day. Of course, the uh, introductory press conference yesterday of new head coach Raheem Morris. We'll get to the back page with Bo in just a minute as well. Do want to remind you, tomorrow night, if you don't have plans to, to watch the Hawks game, come hang out with me, 92.9 The Game, Michelob Ultra. We've got the watch party uh, against the Celtics. First road game in a while. Nice little home stand, 4-2. Right. and two. Hard to beat Boston in Boston. Until recently. Until recently. Until recently. It's been easier Austin to do Reeves that. Austin Reeves went bonkers on Yeah, if Austin Reeves can do it, then hopefully the Hawks can do it as well. Uh, and, again, that'll be tomorrow night, uh, February 7th from 7 to 9 at Benchwarmers on Rock Quarry Road in Stockbridge. So we'll be down there on the south side from 7 to 9 watching this game. So come by, hang out. we got $150 to the Hawks gift shop, mm-hmm. Hawks tickets, all kinds of good giveaways. We'd love to see you there. I love it. I, I, I love that part about the fact that you're going down on the south side on a Wednesday. Love it. In this, in, in this, in this school. Look, uh, before we get back, we're talking about, you know, as far as senior bowl, senior bowl practices count and everything like that. And we always talk about, and this is a name that you brought up yesterday, was I just read that, um, that – what is it? Spencer Rattler. Oh, yeah. Is climbing up draft boards because of the single Stock ball. is rising. The stock is rising. And I go back to three years ago, he was rejected as number one pick in the following draft. Remember that? Stock was dropping. Stock was dropping. So now the stock going back up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, don't gamble on that. No. No, don't, don't reach. Don't reach. Mm-mm. Don't reach. No, I'm good. Yeah, good. Good on that one. Good on that one, too, Andy. We did that one. Kind of. Kind of, but I mean... I just, I'm just not for settling here in Atlanta no more. Like that just, 
That would be a settle. Settle ain't got, ain't got you nowhere. Mm-mm. It ain't. It ain't got you nowhere. Go be greedy. Go call them. Shot town. Dollar bill. What it is. I want one of them quarterbacks. Whichever one you want to give me, I want one of them. All right? Hey, Chris. <laughs> Great Super Bowl win, dog. Uh, you want to come anchor my defense for the next five years? Chris. Jones. Oh, Chris Jones. Yeah. 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 You want to come anchor this defense for the next five years? Oh, okay. <laughs> Terry, write the check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go get, go for it. Randy McMichael, front office negotiator. Go for it. I love it. Yeah, I'm, what, what, I'm did, for all what of did it. Terry tell uh, Duke's biggest day. We want to be aggressive. Yep. Ain't nothing more aggressive than that. Nothing, nothing would be more nothing aggressive than more trading aggressive up than to get the number one yes. draft pick. There would yeah. be nothing yeah. more aggressive than that. Let's go, man. I love it. Let's go for it. Yeah, do it. Let's have a party, man. I remember that damn night because we came up here that night when um when uh, when Mike was drafted. When when Mike was drafted, we came to Atlanta. We was up there in school when when they picked Mike. It was bonkers in Atlanta to get a damn quarterback of like like Mike Vick. Go get one. Go. Get, I don't understand Caleb is Mike, but go get one. The excitement in this city, you go get it. Yeah. Yes. It would be a lot yes. more exciting than if you drafted Spencer Rattler. Yes, it would be. Yeah. Yes. Right. Let's get to the back Be aggressive, with Andy. B E A G G R E S S I V E. This hour brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. Go to MarkSpain.com. Get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing a Lobo. Maybe Spencer Rattler can be somebody's Brock Purdy. Huh. Oh, you don't think they should? They're, they're looking for that? the Brock Purdies. No? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> they're looking for um, This just coming through, but not anything that we need to talk about. Clayton Kershaw returned to the Dodgers, so good for you. No, that is good. I think that's, yeah. I think I that's cool. I'm a big Clayton Kershaw I, I, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize that um, he was a free agent. Yeah. I know, you know he was banged up and probably not going to be able to pitch for half the year or whatever, but like – the idea of Clayton Kershaw being anything other than a Dodger is very kind of sounds weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be really weird. So uh, you gotta love this week because it's a week, you know, Super Bowl week, opening night last night. Lots of funny stuff being said by people that play football, and we get to see them not in serious post game press conferences and stuff like that. So uh, I'm gonna start here with this one. This one actually comes from the Pro Bowl in the NFC's head coach for the Pro Bowl, Eli Manning. Not sure what the context was behind this, but Eli Manning apparently is a rapper, and he's rapping about not only winning the Pro Bowl twice. I'm Eli Manning. I'm nice. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Sight, I beat him twice! (laughs) Hold him back. Hold him back. Hold him back. That's, That's how you good. get a team hyped for a flag That's football game right there. That's pretty good right there. I just like those guys. I do too. I don't know. It, they're dorks, yes. but they were really good quarterbacks. Yes. They're very funny, yes. and they're just, uh, I don't know, they're just very likable. So the, the emergence of Eli Manning, the personality, has it, been really been, fun post-career. Awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Sometimes <laughs> embracing who you are is, uh, is very, very important, and you hear noise from the outside. It's always very always important. important. Got to be yourself. Who you are. Be yourself. Another thing that's fun about these we- this week before the Super Bowl is you get to ask players not so serious questions. Here's somebody asking Pat Mahomes to do a Kermit impersonation. Oh, oh no! Yes. yes, I'm talking right now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so that, that must be the craziest well thing too. I guess it must. I guess been. it must, must have been. Be. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. That's really good. There you go, yeah. Pat. Embrace it. And that's the biggest thing. Embrace it. I'm talking right. I'm talking right now. <laughs> I've always been kind of curious as to how he felt. Because you know that he hears that. Sure. He's probably heard his whole life. He knows what his he voice, knows what sounds, his voice like. sounds like. <laughs> he can't You've be listened surprised. to yourself. Yeah, like he's been famous for long enough to where he's heard what his voice yes. sounds like a lot. Like yes. if he cared about it, maybe he'd try to change it. 
know, like Carl Anthony Towns does, you know? Oh, God. Like he tries to change no, his voice from time to time. Don't, don't, don't get cat voice. Hey, yeah. Um, or like Russell Wilson, yeah, oh, kind of for a while. ACL. Change it up a little bit. We got a deal. ACL. Patrick Mahomes knows who he is. We got a deal. Yeah. Don't change anything, Pat. You be you. Another thing that's Nothing been- better happens in life is when you figure out who you are and you get comfortable with it. And another extension of that is I'm sure you all have seen the pic of Pat Mahomes after their last win in the locker room without his shirt off and the dad bod flowing. No. You haven't seen the pic? Oh, it's it, it's all over the Pat internet. Pat Mahomes with the dad bod? Yeah, man, got a little gut and everything, Solid. man. So Love here, it. Here's Pat Mahomes being asked about that dad bod okay. and if he would rather a six-pack. Uh, another Super Bowl for sure. I, I have a six-pack. It's just under the dad bod. So there you it's go. just if, if, if you feel, I mean, there might be some skin there, but then underneath that, the six-pack's there. You just got to get real close, and you got to squint a little bit, and I think you'll see it. <laughs> Not everybody is like that, you know? Not everybody built like Cam Newton and stuff, right. man. Right. Got, but, and you can tell the way Pat is. Like, he, he, he he's a... Uh, Built chest out, butt back. You know what I mean? Like he's a what? duck. He's built. Built chest, like a duck. Yeah, he's chest out, butt chest back. Chest out, butt back. Yeah, that's, okay. how, that's how he built. That's how he runs. That can be an athletic yeah. build, though. Yeah, it could be. Like, yeah. people, people have that sometimes. Yeah, the chest like out. Like, Nick Van Exel was kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the chest out, butt back. <laughs> something we were also talking about the last couple of weeks. By the way, though, actually. like, I see the picture right now. Like, 98% of, of adult men over the age of 30 would like to look like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's not, like, fat. You know what I mean? Dude. Like, he looks fine. I, I'm, yeah, well, not, I don't think he's not having jacked a dad out of bod his mind. means fat. It just means in between. Got it. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're dad bods. There's a scale of dad yeah. bod, though. Cause, yeah, like, there probably but, is. Yeah, but we're dad bods. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're dad bods. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly Bo's not, not dad. Bo, Bo, got, Bo got the slender sleekness bottom. Bo looks like he does push-ups for a living. But then you, well, we got dad bods. If, if anybody wants to pay me to do push-ups, I'll happily do as many as you want me to. How many, I would love to do push-ups for a living. How many can you do? I can do a few. <laughs> like, I'm you know? all about the, the – the best things about dad bots, especially whenever you go see other dads and from other countries and other places, is the ones that just don't give it that. With the big hairy back, with the belly, with the little shops on, and just be like, hell yeah, dog. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't I – ain't, yeah. like, be yourself. I, I ain't never been a, a, uh, a T-shirt in the pool guy ever. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, just, like, let it out. Yeah, man. Let it out, dog. Especially, especially, like, you're a little older. Yeah. You got a lady already. Yeah. Who cares? Because as long as she, she loves you. Yeah, as long as she, she, she loves me. And what she it's all me. about right there. That's all it's about. Yeah, she loves all that. Oh. So we were curious Boy, about, love, this, baby. about this next guy for the last couple of weeks as to whether or not he was going to even get an invitation to the Super Bowl. Well, for one thing, he made the trip. Here's Kadarius Tony being asked about being a wide receiver one. You're number one receiver in this league? Yeah, if I get it. Yeah, if I get the ball, yeah. <laughs> if I get the ball, I'm a number one receiver. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to end up dressing out on Super Bowl Sunday. But, they hey, Kadarius Tony made they the trip. They can't let that man dress out. <laughs> you think they have some – who else do you, do you put on your roster? Who's your 53rd? I mean, they, I mean they, he's, he's on the roster, but they could like – he could he can be a healthy scratch. I mean, what they won three playoff road games without him. They've gotten this They've far. They've gotten this far without him. Maybe he's the he's the key to beating the 49ers. Trick play Tony. Maybe. I can't let him play. Maybe. I can't. Or maybe he goes out there and does lines up offside. Like, like it seems to me on like the coolest the odds, play the, of the year. The odds of him doing something boneheaded. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Yes. When they like yes. the coolest play of the yes. whole season, and he was offside and lined like up. Like the odds of him there in Vegas, the odds of him doing something that he's not supposed to do is greater than him doing something he's supposed to do. Oh, yeah, so no, Vegas absolutely. wants Kadarius Tony in the game, yes. just so they can take bets on what he's going to do boneheadedness. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to Kadarius Tony being on the field in the game makes for a more unpredictable outcome. 
Because he'll do something wild. 100%. Like, he's going to make a big play. And then fumble. Yep. Or something. Yeah. Like, so, or maybe he's going to do something crazy. Maybe he finishes his story and makes a big play. Or yeah, or maybe, yeah, it's like Percy Harvin. Like, maybe he has his Percy Harvin moment. And I guess he had that last year, didn't he? Kadarius Tony came yes, up with a huge play last year when they needed it most. And then uh, here's one that uh, I'm sure y'all have seen or the listeners out there have seen, at least the surface of this one. Um, so Pat Mahomes' dad last week gets a DUI. Um, don't need to really go into that outside of the fact of, hey, man, uh, don't drive places. You're Pat Mahomes' son. Yep. Uh, the judge Get a in Smith County, Texas, did tell Pat Mahomes Sr. that he was allowed to travel out of state, so Pat okay. Mahomes will be able to attend the Super Bowl to did, see his boy. Did Pat anybody Jr. ask him yesterday? About that? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. okay. Maybe, but I don't. Uh, ask Pat. Yeah, yeah. somebody asked him well, somebody about did. it. He really? just deferred. He was oh, like, yeah, that's personal that business, as he like, should. That's not the right okay. question to right. ask. I'm just like, I mean, because – his daddy, every time you see him, and you, most of the time you see him at celebration after his son has won the Super Bowl, right? He be lit. It is usually a celebratory yeah, event. Yeah, he, he lit, but he is always drunk. Yeah, he's always lit, <laughs> smoking on that Baltimore, smoking on that Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. But, Come on, yeah. man, don't drive. Don't drive. Don't drive. I'm just telling you right now. Especially but, don't drive with an open container. Yeah, that, that's the uh, that that mug shot though. Third DUI. Third, third Th- one. Third Super Bowl. Third. Yeah, maybe they're. That can't be a good no, luck charm, it's no. That's no. not. That's no. not. Get a driver. Get a driver. Call an Uber. You got that. I'm sure your son has. Uh, well, I mean, he was a professional baseball player, wasn't he? Be safe. Yeah. He was a professional baseball player for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, get your Uber. Get you an Uber. Get you an Uber. or a Lyft, whichever you prefer. Yes. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get to the big story of the day to kick off the one o'clock hour. Talk some college football with Brandon Adams coming up at one twenty as well. We get to an AMA an hour from right now. Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the midday show with Andy and Randy with you here. Tuesday afternoon, final hour for us. This hour brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season at themancavestore.com. We'll get to the big story of the day in just a couple of minutes. Of course, the uh, Falcons introduced Raheem Morris as their next head coach yesterday. If you missed either of the sit-down interviews that, that he did and Terry Fontenot did with Dukes and Bell, be sure to check those out either on the website, 92.9thegame.com, the Dukes and Bell page, or just subscribe to the Dukes and Bell podcast, and they'll be delivered right to your inbox every single day. Really good stuff. Like, the press conferences were good, too, but then they really got to yeah. dig into yeah. some of the nuts and bolts of it. So check those interviews out. Uh, we'll get to Brandon Adams coming up in 20 minutes as well. Get his thoughts on the, uh, the, the Big Ten and SEC joining forces. Now, the one thing they did not call it was an alliance. Because yes. remember the last what, time what the Big it? Ten formed an what alliance? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> the Pac-12 got screwed, <laughs> man, so bad we, we ain't, man, and hey, so fast. We don't trust you like that, Pippin. Yeah, huh? man. We, hey, Big Ten. Hey, Big Ten. SEC to Big Ten. Hey, hey Pippin. All right, we know. We, yeah, we there's know. no alliance. There ain't no alliance here, dog. No, we're just trying to work yeah, together yeah. to form something different. Yeah, yeah. Man, and remember when they did the alliance and they had their cute little press conference? Exactly. And somebody asked, like, is anything legally binding about this? Right. And the Pac-12 commissioner was like, we looked each other in the eye and we shook hands. And that's all the promise we need. Fast forward three years later, the conference doesn't exist. Yes. Damn. That's what I'm saying, dog. You dumb 
Yeah. Blankety blank. Yeah, and that's what you are. <laughs> you dumb exactly, son of a blank. That's what you are. And so, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I trust them. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't do it to me. Yeah, why would they? Yeah, why'd they do it to me? Screw me over for yeah, it. Why'd they do it to me? They're yeah. just going to take all our best teams yeah. and leave us for dead yep, in the exactly desert. Exactly what happened. Or not in the desert. Oh. In eastern Washington and Corvallis, they Oregon. They went got them, too, yeah, dog. They did. Man, they, was, I mean, they like, really. The funny thing is, it was happening while that was happening. Like, while the handshake mm-hmm. and eye, eye contact mm-hmm. was happening, mm-hmm. the other arm was knifing them right in the spleen. No, he shanked. Hey, hey, there's a, right there, there. There's certain pressure points where you on the, on the body, you shank them, they'll bleed out. That's what they did. Where are they? Like, on the side right there. Like, somewhere. I can, I'm just, where I'm pointing where I'm Yeah, I at, see it. Right there. You get them right like, there? Kind of like the, okay. Yeah, yeah bleed out. That soft, soft side part yeah, right there? Yeah, bleed out. What about up here? Uh, the neck. Well, I'm sure there's like a jugular. Like, yeah, all that, man. You know, I've been, you know. You've been practicing? No, yeah, a little bit. But there's nothing funnier. And I'm telling you this right now. When a guy who who thinks they're like trained in skills and weapons and how they be showing folks how to do the knives and stuff, <laughs> like a, uh, like on on uh, Step Brothers, how he was doing <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah, I had a friend like that. He's like, yeah, this is how you got to cuff a knife like this up under your, up under, up under your wrist right there so they can't see the blade, and you just swap it out like that. Now, note he took a nick out of his arm. Right, accidentally well, yeah. slit a- his a- wrist a- while he was he doing took, it. He took a nick out. He's like, oh, don't worry about that. It's just blood. <laughs> yeah, dummy. But, yeah, uh, yeah we were just, just talking because uh, – Combat train. I was looking at uh, – Like Abe. Uh, oh, yeah, because we know Abe. He watches YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that he, One of Raheem's new coaches is Lance Schultz. And I like Lance, but I hated Lance before he became my teammate because Lance was a cheap shot and grab and hold when he played for the Titans. And so when I was in Miami and they said, they said that uh, we're signing Lance Schultz, I was like, oh, yeah, payback. It's going to be some fights. It's going to be on. And get them locker room. It's the coolest cat in the world. <laughs> cool ass cool New York Jersey cat, man. But I was like, oh, he coming here? Because I remember – you know, them, 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 them summers in, in Nashville fighting and everything, but one of the coolest cats, hell of a coach, smart one of the smartest defensive players that I've ever been around. So, I mean, that's a hell of a – like, I mean, I don't know a lot about his staff, but I do know Lance personally. Yeah. And so, you look – I mean, that's always the key because we heard what Terry told the boys. is It's basically like the coaches will be here next week, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they're going to dive into this plan that they got. Yep. You take a look at the roster. What do we like? What do we want to improve? Who do you think we were talking because the, the two their two sack leaders are are, are free agents. You got Bud Dupree, Calais. Yep. Who, who you want? If I can take one of the yes. two, I want Calais. Calais, okay. Yeah, and, and I personally, I think Calais, as the season went, yep. played better. Yeah. Like the final, know, maybe like December, mm-hmm. really, like the final month of the year, he was fantastic. Do you extend AJ? I do. Okay. Yeah, I extend AJ. Uh, I have one more for you. Uh, upgrade. Do you try to where on the offensive line are you upgrading? Center. Okay. I had all these questions. Uh, oh God! Am I wrong oh, about that? No, I'm because not, uh, uh, it was it was conflicting no. conversation about the center play yeah. last year. It's all right. Like, yeah, I thought it was fine. It's it wasn't right. nothing special. It's all right. I, lo- I love the way that the rookie played at left guard. I guess you got to start thinking long term at left tackle with Jake, but yeah. still playing at a decent level and the right side's secure. What do you do with Richie Grant? Um, I find a replacement. Okay. Yeah, that that's I know. Buda Baker was a name yeah. that we talked about. If yeah. he's interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I love talking to Richie Grant at training camp. Yeah. I get very frustrated watching Richie Grant a lot of what, times during the season. What about Trandis is coming back? Yeah, good. Landman. I mean, Landman. What is it? Is uh, he's unrestricted? He's no, a restricted free agent. It's, it's a different. Some kind of anyway. Whatever. Yeah, they they they, they can choose yeah. to 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 match and all that stuff. Uh, I would bring them both. 
Okay. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, Anderson's cheap. He's a yeah. second-round draft pick in his third year, mm-hmm. right? So, And then Landman, I don't know what you're going to have to pay him to bring it's it back, but it's not going to be a lot. No. So, yeah, I'd bring them both back. Okay. And, I mean, hopefully Troy Anderson can live up to the the draft pick, but he hasn't yet. I hadn't really had a chance to. I mean, he didn't play a ton early in his rookie year, and then his second year he got hurt early. Landman played good, but he's also doesn't play three downs. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd like a guy that could do that. So, Bring them both to plays better. Okay. You know? I was trying to get, get your GM on. Yeah. See, see where you stand. That's what I'm doing. How'd I do? I, I mean, we kind of agreed on everything. Oh, all right. Yeah, we agreed on everything. All right. Let's hear from, uh, let's hear from the man who is uh, the next head coach, the current head coach, the newest head coach of the Atlanta Falcons here to kick off the big story of the day. Brought to you by QC Kinetics. Non-surgical treatment for joint pain. <laughs> Boom! I spent a lot of time in Atlanta before I was even in Atlanta, right? I was a frequent Mount Sky visitor, right? That allowed me to be around Arthur and his whole family, his entire family, and be a part of those, that whole nature of what it looks like, right? And a big part of what we do here is listening, right? And when I was here, I had the ability to grow and learn and develop and switching both sides of the ball, like I just mentioned, right? At the same place, at the same time, doing whatever it takes to win football games. Being here in 2016 and reaching the pinnacle and just coming up short, right? That was a real critical moment for me right so only not only knowing the owner as the owner but knowing him as a personal level so i believe mountain sky is what he's talking about is, is mountain sky arthur blank's ranch in montana yeah, mount sky okay yeah so that he was a frequent visitor to that that's yeah. what he was saying when he was talking about that there i mean that's the, that's the new thing man everybody got, everybody got cribs in montana you know yeah if you're like a yeah. if you're a big time rich guy now yeah. everybody yeah. you gotta have like a cattle ranch yeah everybody gotta have the ranches out so there, you can man. go out there because is it because of yellowstone or is I, no, it pre-yellowstone I mean, it's pre because remember um phil jackson had a place up there. okay i mean arthur so, blanks had a place longer yeah than that. so yeah everybody has places. ted turner has a place yeah. up there yeah, a lot of people have, I, I i mean i'm, I'm i guess it's a good write-off sure I mean, I don't see anything beautiful about Montana or fun about Montana, but I guess it's a write-off. Wow, look at your face. I I get it not being your thing, but, like, beautiful. You don't think it's, like, the the mountains, you don't think they look nice? So you just go to Montana for the mountains? Well, and the things you do in them. What, walk them? Sure, yeah, hike. You can hike them. Ride Um, a horse? Right, yeah, I mean, you know. Or ride in, like, an ATV? You could just look at them. Are you... Could sleep in them, hmm. drive on them, ski on them. So, so you're saying that I'm wet? I'm just at. I just, I just feel like you know, to each their own. Whatever, uh-huh. it's all good. Uh-huh. I just surprised, like, to not even say that they're nice looking. You know, what's not nice looking? Give yeah. Montana a shot, Randy. Like it's just pretty though. Like well, it's a, it's it's pretty. Looking. Again, teach his own. I said, my, okay, okay, hey. Hey, they move up there for some reason. Maybe they like to look at the mountains. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't pay millions of dollars for a house to look at some damn mountains. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Fair enough. No, I understand your, your view on go, visiting. I'd rather, I'd rather go to Charlotte than Montana. Oh, God. Come on, man. <laughs> like, do you really want to make it 15 years on this thing or what? Like, come on. Yeah. We can't. I really, go to, I really ain't got it up time. Okay. God. <laughs> Uh, well, I, mean, I know you don't mean that, so we'll uh, just we'll move uh, on past it. I, I think Andy, but God, uh, just think about the his path. We're talking about Ra, his path to getting back to being the uh, the, the Falcons head coach. The I'm sorry, the first um, non interim black head coach. Yeah, of the Falcons. Right, like he started out so early. You said it early. The early success that he had in his career. 
being able to be a head coach at 32 years old, then having success his first year there with Josh Freeman, you know, and then all of a sudden the wheels fall off, whatever, whatever, and then he has an opportunity. And I don't want to say because I don't, I don't, I don't think Ross ever been like to a place where you need to be humble because you think you know too much or something like that. But he was in a humbling position to have to learn right. from uh, from others, and he was on this staff with all. Being a defensive coach on this staff with all these offensive guys, they were eventually all going to be damn head coaches in the National Football Yeah, it is pretty crazy. You know? Like, you know, the 16 staff here in Atlanta is yeah. crazy. But you go even further back than that, the one that he was on in Washington yes. with all those guys. Yes. Like, it is – and he was asked about that. Dukes and Bell asked yes. him about that. They're like, you guys look at each other and you yeah. think, like, someday we're all going to kind of be running the NFL. There's no way. There's no way. To go. The, even even yeah. the most confident person in the world couldn't have seen that in everyone. Yeah, then, you know, he had come here. Like he said, I mean, he was had he had all these different roles here in Atlanta, and then you know gets opportunity to to you know take over for Dan, and then you know he leaves and he goes out to L.A. and it's just a different vibe, you know, it's L.A. Whatever you're playing under McVay and McVay is he's a football dude. I know we talk about his hair and the pretty boy and all that. This is a football junkie. He Sean McVay is a football junkie, and you learn from that guy and you become his trusted right hand man. And then you coach a defense that wins a damn Super Bowl. And then you just have all this momentum behind you. And I think that was the biggest thing for Raw this time around. Not saying he wouldn't have got a job uh, if Atlanta didn't give it to him. It was just like there was no – and I'll put Ben Johnson in this. Was there a more momentum-based candidate than him? Like as far as like everybody around the league like wanting this guy to get a job? No. Th- there's no other – person that would have been hired here and would have gotten the universal approval yeah, from the NFL the right. way that that he did. Now look, I mean, there might have been more like short-term momentum for guys like Ben Johnson, right. Bobby Slowick right. or whatever just because that's what happens every year. Right. Like every year there's the hot candidate or two. Now neither one of those guys took a head coaching mm-hmm. job and there's there's a reason for that. Like and I I don't to, I don't personally believe it's just because they didn't want to. Right. Like Guys don't just turn down head coaching jobs. They don't come around all that often. Um, I think there's more to it than that, specifically with Ben Johnson. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know if Raheem Morris is going to succeed here. I hope he does, obviously. Obviously. But I, I know that he's not going to fail because of any sort of lack of attention to detail or any sort of, like, I don't know, what what's the word? that you might have when you're a young coach that just sort of has everything happen for you that quickly versus a guy who's sort of had the experience that he's had over the last 15 years, almost like uh, entitlement or yeah. anything like Pete that. Vinegar, man. Nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing like that is going to take place. Now, again, it also doesn't guarantee you're going to succeed. No, it does you not. got a great resume and everyone loves you and you say all the right things, and that's awesome and I love it. But there's no if, – if there was a formula for obvious success, then every team would follow it. I, everything that they did with Raheem Morris to bring him back here and, and hire him and all that, it makes sense. Now they have to do the hard part. Yeah, uh, looks like answering look, questions with a charismatic like personality is not hard. Don't mean nothing. Winning football no, games in the NFL it, is it hard. Don't, it don't mean nothing. It looks like I'm going to Montana, Andy. Open my big damn mouth. Well, she said she'd rather go to Montana and Charlotte, and a lot of other people are on me about that. Well, you know what? Damn it, I went to one place before. I'll go to Montana. Okay. All right? Like, now, will I see some of me up there? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Lots. Lots. <laughs> well, at least I know, I know if I go to Charlotte. I know if I go to Charlotte. They go, hey, I know if I go to Charlotte. If, I, if, if, I, if, I, if I'm on the side of the road, I put a thumb out, somebody might stop. <laughs> somebody Montana? might stop in Montana, That's too. That's what I'm but saying. But you might not want them exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs>
But I'm going to Montana. Well, I'm sorry that blew up in your face yeah, like did. that. It really did. Sorry. Because you know she saved sorry. me going somewhere. Sorry it worked out you like know that. Where we, you know where we're going, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. You're going. Yeah, I'm going to I Montana. got some recommendations I'm sure you if do. you want. You know All what right. you can do up there? You can actually get on horseback. You can actually get on horseback and go herd, like, cows and stuff. <laughs> As, like, a tour type thing. Yeah, you can go do some, like... Be a cowboy. Historic work. Yeah. What about me? You've been knowing me all this time. I didn't say it. Ask what him. What about you, Bo? You've been knowing me. You've been knowing me longer than Andy. Where you going to Montana? What makes you think that anything that about me has ever said? Nothing. That nothing I'm get about on a damn me horse. screams cowboy either. But I would go to Montana and do that. Be a ranch person for a day. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. That don't surprise me about yeah. you. Of course you. About would. Randy. You think Randy gonna ride a horse for ride some cattle? I think you could ride a horse. Like, are we eating this cattle afterwards? Maybe. <laughs> I know you wrestle one. Probably beat him. <laughs> that would right. prove to be invaluable on that vacation. We'll get Brandon Adams in here next. We'll get his thoughts on the Big Ten and the SEC joining forces to save college football after this on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. kind of song you're going to hear in Montana. <laughs> Every bar you go into. I'm sure they got like a blues bar. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this is kind of blues you're going to hear, yeah, though. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm sure they got all kind of stuff for me to do in, to do in, in Montana. What does that mean? Like stuff for me to do. Like what? Like what? Uh, like what do you want to do when you go to some place? You know me, I like to sit back, drink, talk, drink. They got plenty of bars. Fun, smoke cigars. Yeah. You know, you can smoke cigars. You, know, get, you can do all that around a big old fire <laughs> outside. But that's what I'm saying. Like, wait, okay, all right, I know we gotta get to be a. When's the best month to go to, to Montana? Summer. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. They got a regular summer, like not real hot, but like, it's pretty hot. Depends on where you go. Okay, but yeah, I mean, or I mean, depends on what you're trying to do. Right. Obviously, but like, what is there to do other than look at mountains and cattle ride? Go to them. <laughs> go to the mountains. That's go walk around. No in between. I mean, there's all kinds of outdoor stuff to do. You could uh, fly fish. You could uh, whitewater raft. You could, I mean, there are, like, there's, like, cities, quote, unquote. But, like, you know. Bars and stuff, too. Like, what, 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 what kind of rafting? Whitewater. <laughs> <laughs> or you could canoe if you want, like, a, like a calmer time. Yeah, just like you just said. Um, what, what kind of rafting? Yeah, you could. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't have any black water up there <laughs> to raft in. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you figure it out. Leave it to Donna. She's got you covered. <laughs> You'll have a good time. What up, B? All right. Brandon Adams joins us on Tuesdays. Uh, host of the Dog Nation Daily podcast at Dog Nation Daily on Twitter. Brought to you by R.S. Andrews, air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electrical. What's up, B.A.? What up, B.? My message to Randy would be this. <laughs> you don't have to be white to go white water rat, right? I wasn't saying nothing. I just didn't hear him all the way. I didn't hear what kind of rat. I didn't hear what kind of water it was. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. I had a friend that went out there for school. This is a true story. You don't want to go out there in the winter. He had to walk backwards to class because of how cold and windy and, like, <laughs> snowy it was that you couldn't, like, walk face first into the snow and wind because of how brutal it yeah. was. That is that does not sound like fun. Yeah, go in the summer. Go in the summer. 
Go to Whitefish. It's all white. <laughs> Why does everything have to be white? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's the Blackfoot Indian Reservation that's right close to there. But anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna come up with some stuff that doesn't have white in the title. If I can help it. Uh, ABA. How are the Big Ten and the SEC gonna save college football? Yeah, I don't know, unfortunately, how interested they are in doing that. What it seems like is more true is is they came together to make sure they wrestled every dollar to the ground they could from these college football playoff negotiations that are going on. Because obviously the SEC, you know, kind of put out its official statement about, you know, hey, we're, you know, working with the Big Ten. It's sort of like this, you know, uh, evil alliance or uneasy alliance, perhaps, between what ought to be warring factions themselves. And you sort of wonder what that's about. And then you kind of find out, okay, well, next day, Ross Dellinger has a report at Yahoo that, you know, we don't have a long-term format for the college football playoff. And it sounds like the SEC and the Big Ten are making it pretty clear of they're not necessarily guaranteed to cooperate <laughs> unless some of the lesser powers in this sport are willing to concede a lot. We saw some of that play out, I guess, this week with the uh, CFP you know, committee meeting that took place. But it sort of seems like this is more about getting all the dollars they're supposed to get than actually saving the sport overall. I don't like saying that or admitting wow. that, but it certainly seems like this is a little bit more about protecting their financial future, which you would sort of think they've already got every dollar that exists, but apparently they see a few more on the ground they haven't quite scooped up yet. Like, what are they trying to scoop it up for? That's what I'm like. Like, when we, we're just having fun with it. But, you know, the Big Ten, you know, they're, they're I don't want to say they're, they're on the same level with the SEC for the most part. Would it be a kind of play where they're just trying to, like – see who's more dominant if you're the Big Ten? Like, okay, we can outshine the SEC in a situation like this? Well, certainly what the Big Ten strategy long-term seems to be is, you know, they wouldn't say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. They may not have the better quality of football, but they can be the bigger conference. You know, they're in the Pacific Northwest now. They've got Los Angeles now. They stretch all the way out to Piscataway, New Jersey, to the extent that that matters. And, you know, if they want to come into, eventually I'm talking about, you know, in a realignment future, if they want to come grab Florida State or if they want to come grab Clemson if they ever became available um, because of the disillusion of the ACC. Well, now the Big Ten can really say, okay, we really are truly a national league. Our sort of, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week action may not be as good as the SEC, but we've got all four time zones or something close to that, you know, in our uh, in our sort of geographic footprint here. And so, therefore, maybe we could just hold our own playoff. We don't need anybody else for that because – you know, we've got, you know, basically the entire country sort of represented here. The SEC's idea is still sort of a regional conference there. You know, Greg Sankey loves to say SEC expansion is always contiguous. contiguous. He loves that word. Favorite word. You know, <laughs> love states it. that touch other states, as if that matters at all. I, I don't even know why that's such a big deal to him. But he's always, a, he's always very, very uh, happy about contiguous expansion, which seems to be the philosophy the SEC is trying to stick to here right now. <laughs> yeah, not the, not the Big Ten. And they don't care about that at all. No, they um, don't move past that. What do you think is more likely, that, that this sort of um, coalition, whatever they want to call it, strong arms the, uh, the playoff into getting exactly what they want, or they're like, all right, screw it, we'll just go make our own thing? I think there is certainly a possibility that eventually they go out and make their own thing. And you know, I will tell you, as an SEC fan, I do worry a little bit that one day the Big Ten may want to make its own thing all by itself and not play the SEC at, at all anymore. We've seen that sometimes, you know, in sports, you know, where, you know, you, you, you can't get together. Like boxing's been sort of like that, where, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's promoted by this guy and this guy's promoted by this guy, and so therefore we can't get these two fighters in the same ring together 
I sort of fear that in the college football future where Georgia can't play Ohio State because Ohio State's in the wrong TV network. I hope we don't get to that point, but I certainly fear that as a long-term possibility. In the near term, I think the SEC and the Big Ten are banding together to make sure that smaller entities don't try to uh, enforce sort of uh, extra power. For instance, this is tedious. I apologize. I'll make this quick. But, you know, the Washington State president is sort of representing what's left of the old Pac-12 now. And technically speaking, they currently are holding an automatic playoff bid, which we know they're not going to be able to keep. But it's everything's they're trying negotiation. To, um, they're trying. Yeah, they're to. trying. You, you know, everything's negotiation, and so they're trying to hold out for, for as much negotiating leverage as they can get. And so some of this stuff, as tedious as it sounds, on the part of the SEC and the Big Ten together, is sort of fighting against you know SMU, who wants a full share, moving to the ACC, Washington State, who wants some sort of seat at the table because of the abolishment of the uh, the, the Pac-12. That's what a lot of this is kind of about right now. B.A., what happened to the the, the, the the anticipation and all the fun and the joy that people get tomorrow, the first Wednesday yeah. in February? I mean, I just realized tomorrow's signing day, B.A. I know. It's crazy. Georgia probably won't sign anyone. Obviously, most of their signing class are already, you know, in class and going through workouts and things like that. And I'll tell you, I miss it. I actually I, – I seem to be the only one who feels this way. But if I had my way – we would have one signing day, and it would be in February. I don't like the December signing day because the month is already too crowded with college football as it is, and right. it's also Christmas, for goodness sakes. And since we should you know, do a little bit of Christmas, I like February signing day. I sort of miss it. It seems like if we make any changes to the recruiting calendar, we're going to probably put it in August instead of you know, mm-hmm. you know know something more like this just because of a number of different reasons, I guess. But you know, not only am I a little bit nostalgic for the way that it used to be, but – I sort of thought it was better. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a ton of love right now for the early signing period, but I don't think we're ever going back to, you know, the February date being the sort of main time when this happens. But no doubt. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I almost forgot, uh, I guess, late last week, early this week, that it even was a national signing day. It just sort of sneaks up on you because, like I said, Georgia won't sign anybody. I don't think. They, they you know, maybe last minute, but probably not. And almost nobody else will either. It's really just not certainly what it used to be. All of that happens in December. And most of these guys now are early enrollees, so they sign in December, and a couple of days later they're going through bowl practices and essentially beginning their college careers. What do you think of Carson Beck's Lamborghini? Mm. You know what? I think it's kind of cool, right? I mean, yeah, I think this is kind of a fun thing for, for Georgia, too. It's like, okay, in addition to Beck, obviously taking advantage of the NIL stuff, I mean, you know, Georgia is not typically kind of a quarterback-led team. Georgia's yeah. not typically – you know, Georgia, typically speaking, is more like the 49ers with a quarterback like Brock Purdy, although he's obviously having, you know, a great early start to his career. But a little bit more of a balanced-type team. You know, for 2024, Georgia feels a little bit more like the Chiefs with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who's sort of the face of the organization, and <laughs> his job is to make everybody better. This is kind of an interesting sort of new look for Georgia where – quarterback drives a Lamborghini. Everybody knows who he is. Short list of the Heisman favorites. Could be, you know, not just a first-round pick, but a very high first-round pick. I'm glad for Beck, but it's kind of fun for Georgia fans, too, because this is a little bit more of a quarterback-centric team Mm. than certainly we've seen Georgia have in the uh, Kirby Smart era. Entering the Broadway Joe era. Yeah, a little bit. Get him a a fur coat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. I like that. Timely reference, Andy. 
Yeah, no kidding. I don't know why that was the example that I used. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Uh, good to be with you guys. Talk about the seventy-year-old quarterback. That yes. was very good. No, uh, it was not. Brandon Adams joins us every single Tuesday. Thanks to him. Did you see this boomer size thing? No. Yeah, talking about uh, his sources tell him that Bill Belichick turned down the Falcons job. Oh, wow. Interesting. Look at that. Very interesting. The plot thickens. Very interesting. We'll come back and get to an AMA to wrap things up. Any question, any topic, phone lines are open, 404-726-0929. Anything you want us to answer, ask us next. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The AMA to wrap the show up every single day, brought to you by Right From The Heart and rightfromtheheart.org. One phone line available if you want to jump on, 404-726-0929. We'll start with Mason in Lawrenceville. Hey, Mason. What's up, guys? Mason from Barnesville. You're good. Oh, um, hi, Mason. Two questions. Your first one is, what song did you dance to with your wife at your wedding? And your second one is, not your favorite, but who's the first like caller that you you could think of? If somebody says... Name one caller that calls in to your show, you know, often. Who's that first guy that comes to mind or lady? Okay. Uh, me and my wife, we danced to uh, Best of Me by um, Anthony Hamilton. That is uh, that is me and my baby's jam right nice. there. Uh, I mean, when I first started here, it was always male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was always male. That's the, that's yeah. the caller yeah, that you yeah, think yeah, of. Yeah, it's always male. Is male, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, yes. On this show, um, there's a few. Yeah, that, but it's that, Flex. That call. Like, where's Chris Wilbur? Lil I don't Chris, know. I haven't heard from Lil Chris in a name. Then it was Bryson. Yeah, Bryson. Uh, um, Mason's one of our new guys. Larry in the truck. Larry in the truck. Calls. Uh, was it, uh, Billy the Soap guy used to call Billy. quite a bit. Billy doesn't call one, anymore. One of my favorite was, was, was D. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, uh, we danced to the song Rivers and Roads by The Head and the Heart. That's that's our song. Sweet. Uh, Brandon is in Gainesville. Hey, Brandon. Fellas, what's going on today? Hi, Brandon. Hey. You know, we're all competitive out here in the 92.9 game uh, universe. Um, what is that uh, family game night game that you can no longer play because it always leads to an argument or, you know, you know, getting close to fisticuffs and, and, and all that good stuff? All right, Brandon, thank you. Uh, I'll tell you, like, the, like, my family, we grew up playing spades and all that stuff, and you would think it's going to be a fight. but wasn't nobody fighting. You know, they were, you know, my family loud, mama be, you know, that's, that's how it would be. But I, w- I would think nowadays because, like, because we, we went out to the battery, got back home and sat around. And, uh, and um, Samson got – he got, like – there's, like, four different types of Uno games. Really? Yeah. And so he had this, this – Uno's fun. This kiss of death, whatever, some kind of Uno game where they got draw 24s, draw 8, and all these. Every draw 30. 24? There's so many damn draws. And so <laughs> – That game's going to last yeah, forever. And, and so, yeah, that's what you get mad about because you're like, dude, you hit reverse one more damn time. Draw two, daddy. Draw two. You know, I was like, hey, dog. Like they play double stacks. Like what the hell's a double stack? Wow! Like they got all these damn rules to Uno now. Uno, you didn't say Uno out. Like what the hell are you talking about? You saw I just dropped my card. Got to say Uno, though. dude. Got to say Uno. Yeah. So that the new rules with Uno. Okay. I can see bringing people to fight because I almost slapped my ten year old. Now we've not. We don't. I mean, obviously we get competitive. You want to win. The the only game that has sort of lost its its luster is uh, Settlers of Catan because. The last time we played it and everyone played it, my, uh-huh. my father-in-law, and he never does this, uh-huh. but he had so much bourbon uh-huh. that he, like, he forgot who, like, if it was his turn and then it was the person next to him's uh-huh. turn, uh-huh. he thought it was his turn again. Uh-huh. It, so, like, it couldn't, 
It, it was hilarious. Like, he was so drunk. He was so confused. Like, Jim doesn't do that. Right. Like, he likes to drink, but he doesn't get like that. Uh-huh. It was, we'll never live up to the comedy of that night. So yeah. it kind of ruined the game for us because it was so funny. I can't play games with my wife because I beat her, and she don't like to lose. And so she won't play no more. Like, she won't play me a Scrabble no more. Yeah. yeah she's, she's getting me into more games, though, because I was like, I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't really want to play that much. But we've been doing more game nights and more games lately. She play, Her family plays, um, and I guess my family plays um, uh, Rummy. Is that what it Gin is? Gin Rummy. Gin Rummy, is mm-hmm. that what it is? Er, Shanghai Rummy, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. It's a different type. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. Like, I had never really played it before. It's pretty fun. Uh, Skip is in Alaska. Really? <laughs> hey, what's happening down there, Randy? Hey, man, I just said, work real good out here in Alaska, man. Good. How y'all doing? Are you what you the, really in Alaska? You really in Alaska? Yeah, man, I'm in Alaska, man. Hey, man, check this out. Question. Hold on. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Why? Skip. Hold the hell on, Yeah, Skip. we got questions now. Hold on, hold on. Hell on, Skip. I'm in Alaska. I got my question right. <laughs> what the hell are you doing in Alaska, Skip? Hey, man, if you're not, after AMA, I can't answer. <laughs> skip you up, up there. You're like, the lamb? You're the lamb? Like, like you, got a, you got a little Eskimo lady up there? Huh? That's hey, what you man, doing, Skip? Hey, 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 the, hey, the Yammo be, hey, I got my Yammo be a pass, baby. Okay. Put All some right. snow tires Go on ahead, it. Go ahead, Skip. <laughs> skip up there in Alaska. <laughs> hey, hey, man, um, you know, it's dark out here. It's dark out here, all, all, you know, all day long. Yeah. Question: Would you prefer to be in the dark uh, for six straight months or in the light for six straight months? <laughs> in the dark, <laughs> you can do a lot of, well, You can do anything in the day and the night. Yeah. Um, sounds about, depressing. It does. It does. Like, but I couldn't like all day daytime. That sounds hard too. All day daytime. Yeah, like I, you're no, you're north enough. I ain't like, that. I ain't that happy of a person for it to be daytime all the time. Yeah. Are you happy enough of a person for it to be nighttime all the time though? Like, are you are you gonna like? Because people go crazy. I don't, people go crazy if they're in a situation where they are like lock up. No, or like solitary confinement. People like uh, like seasonal affective. Like people go, they can't handle it. Depressed. Well, even all though kinds you go outside and it might be dark, but stars might be gleaming and all that stuff. There's, I don't know, man. Six months of stars. That's tough. Six months of daylight. I would prefer six months of daylight. Nah. I go inside and put the blinds down. Okay, you know what if I mean. That's the case. Fine. Yeah, if that's the case. Fine. I can't go outside. I don't know. The six six months of night it would drive me nuts. Uh, Jim is in Marietta. Hey, Jim. Hey guys, uh, my question's around the taunting penalties. And one thing I don't understand, maybe you've discussed it, but maybe you can elaborate it on as well. When an offensive person stands over. The defender flexes, they get a flag. Right. But the defense catches interception. The entire team can run to the end zone camera <laughs> and do a choreographed dance. Yeah. So what am I missing? What am I missing uh, here uh, 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 in this rule? In this rule. I'm, it's a great question. I, I, okay. So well, like the offense, they can do choreographed dances too. They can. On I, touchdowns. On touchdowns. I hate that crap that the defense does. I. Freaking hate that when they catch a damn intercession, they do the little arm thing and they all run down. Everybody to the end run zone. to the end zone. I freaking hate. Well, that. Well, the crazy thing is they'll do it like on the twenty, yeah. and then run eighty yards yes. down I to the other end freaking, zone. Maybe because I'm an offensive player too, it stinks. Yeah. But the offensive players, like the taunting thing, I hate that. I I, I do. Yeah, I do. let them taunt. I do. I, I think guys, should, I mean, within reason, like probably shouldn't drop your pants or whatever, do anything like graphic. But if you want to flex on a guy after you make a great catch, you can't. You can't embarrass an individual by looking at him or pointing at him. Or hit but him with the, hit him with the big boys. 
Oh, I agree 100% you know but that's we're what the rule is man. though. When you direct it at somebody, that's when you get We got but big I think boy you draws. should be able to direct it. 100%. At I agree. <laughs> Put on your big boy draws and stop acting like a Texas fan with the horns oh, down. Oh, I know. Not all Texas fans are like that. I'm talking about the ones that whine about the horns down. No kidding. God what a mighty grow up. There's nothing softer in sports right now than them like trying to make rules for other teams not to do horns down. Grow up. Yeah, but I'm with you, Jim. Let them taunt. I think it would be more fun. Uh Blake is in Marietta. Hey Blake. What's going on, guys? I uh, love the little mini segment you guys did earlier today regarding putting on your GM hat and talking about stuff the Falcons need to do. Thank you, Blake. Uh, I got a question for you guys. Yeah, of course. Got a question for you guys regarding what the other two teams should do in town, being where they are in the calendar of sports. First one with the Braves. I know they're about to go to spring training. What do you guys think they need to do before spring training starts? I'm guessing it's getting that last, you know, fourth outfielder, that righty off the bench. And for the Hawks, you know, trade deadlines in a couple of days. Assuming DeJounte Murray stays here. The winning streak's been nice. I still think they need to sell, but I got to hear what your guys' GM thoughts would be. Well, Thank you, Blake. I, I think on the Braves, they have got – they need Smith-Shaver. Smith-Shaver. They need him to be one of the guys. They don't need him to start – Gornett, nothing like that. They need him to be in this rotation because if they think of highly – as both thinks of him. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to do anything. Like, I, think <laughs> I don't either. I think they've done what they're going to do. I think and, the, I think the Kellenic trade – What's your guy out in Seattle from Seattle they got? Jared Kellenic. Yes, he's yeah. got to play well. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of the big – offensive, defensive, whatever, like the bat that they're going to add. And then, I mean, they got Chris Sale, so they got to hope Chris Sale's really good. Um, Hawks, Hawks, I don't – I still think they should do whatever they were going to do. No offense, but four good games doesn't change two and a half years of not being good. I agree, but my thing – If they need to do something big and they felt like they needed to do it last week, they should feel like they should do do it this week. Do something big like what? Trade for who? Trade for 2029 draft pick. That's going to make you better? No, it's not going to make you better better next week. But like, okay, like, but how much better are you about to get, though? You know what I mean? You're better. You're gonna be better than you are without him. Yeah, for like forty games, and, and then, then I guess then maybe you trade him after that. Here's what I think they should do. Like, I I don't think they should trade Dejounte for D'Angelo Russell and and do all that stuff that they were gonna do. Trade some of the back end pieces that teams will move for, like the low money veterans or whatever. Like just. Assets that you need to move to get something in return. We can't get rid of our mate. And, and get some – well, they might. Yeah. Like I, I think like the most likely guy to get traded now is is our mate. They can't get rid of our mate. I think they might have to because he <laughs> makes like $7 million a year and you can actually trade him. Um, he make that kind of bread. Patty Mills, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know. Way to go, way to go Patty Mills. He's on, a, he's on an NBA roster. Way to go, Patty. Um, he plays occasionally. But, yeah, go get some like uh, – go get some – some guys that can legitimately play perimeter defense. You're not going to get any huge names, but like, there's some some guys out there on bad teams that you could trade for, and just try to make yourself a little bit better. Like that's what you should do right now. Right. I think. I mean, there's not any blockbuster trade that's going to happen. Exactly. I think they should try to trade Capella, but the fact that Clint Capella is hurt just, now, so convenient. It doesn't help that great. But I don't know. I saw what Akongwu and uh, and Bruno did last night, and I thought it was pretty solid. Um, hey, this hour brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this football season at themancavestore.com. Let's get takeaways of the day. Takeaways of the day. They're not being mean, Raheem. They just have the resting media face. Yeah. And uh, coyotes are crackheads of dogs. Yeah. Randy would rather go to Charlotte than Montana. <laughs> Said that on broadcast. <laughs> you don't have to be white to go whitewater rafting. This is true. But this is true. The odds are this is true. That you are. This is true. <laughs> the odds are that you might be. All right, we'll see what Dukes and Bell have for you next. Sports Radio 929 the game.